It's the final countdown but a new new of 2020 guys. Yes. It's the final show of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm for 2020. For 2020. Yeah. Of course we'll be back slamming hard for 2021 with all kinds of great exciting stuff for you but I will say we're ending it pretty strong. We are. We've got the show this week with our fantastic guest and we've got a bonus interview for y'all next week on Christmas so yes. uh killing it finishing it strong. Yes, be prepared for that guys but today is very special because we're ending the week and the year with a great interview from the one and only sky p marshall you've seen her in black lightning sabrina just a whole bunch of stuff man she's so funny man this interview comes straight out of the gate and does not stop until (laughs) until it's over like she is so funny and just like oh man we had a blast i agree i agree i can't wait for everyone to hear this interview that's later on the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 143 this week. Woo! Insane in the membrane. Like, damn. I just, it's unbelievable. I know. It is unbelievable to me that we have, like, just gone that many weeks, that many shows. It's uh, all because of you. It is. And I should say because of our fancy lights and our all, the way we look now and on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, I did not just watch the the finale of Mandalorian. Yeah, right. I had a sneeze attack. Yeah. I'm good. I wasn't crying. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I know I sound stuffed up and everything. I haven't watched it yet. I'm good. Yeah, just stay it's tuned, fine. man. Just it's fine. <laughs> you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? We got a whole bunch of news to bring you guys this week. A lot of NBC Universal, honestly. I mean, yeah. a lot of stuff with their streaming service and more things going into production for hopefully theatrical releases. That's right. And of course, we're talking Disney. We're talking HBO Max. Some good news for HBO Max finally <laughs> happened this week. We'll be talking about it a little bit later on. So stupid. I know. About time. About damn, damn time. Damn right. It powered the ant. Yeah, right. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. It did happen right after our post. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you guys know, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We have some beautiful designs, yes. our Christmas designs, yes. our holiday designs. If you're watching on YouTube, you see that bad boy. It looks so damn good. Uh, it, I mean, our website says it will not be there Christmas Day, but you can still shop for the holiday merchandise until January. January 1st, so That's it'll right. be on our website. And everything is 15% off right now. Exactly. So it's a perfect time to do it. I will have mine before Christmas. Yes. I will be sporting by Christmas. I might have to cheat to do it, but it's fine. It's, it's okay. It's fine. It's all good. I mean, that's a good deal, though. 15% off on everything yeah. on the website right now. So Exactly. Basically covers your shipping costs, guys. That's it, It's man. great stuff. Great stuff. Well, of course, you guys know that we gotta, we have to start out with the Mouse House, the Juggernaut of itself. Course. Disney. Um, we talked about this on previous shows in the past. The potential of the Empire spinoff series starring Cookie is now dead, sadly. I mean, it, I mean, we announced this thing back in July, uh, part of the first yeah. look deal for Taraji and uh, with 20th Television, but details on the series were sparse, and I mean, just everything was so up in the air, and I mean, 
We all know that the fucking series didn't end so well because of the whole Jesse Smollett thing. And so I think everybody just kind of dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. I mean, I know Danny was really excited about it and, and was looking forward to it. But he's got so much on his plate yeah. right now. I, I'm... I would say that there's probably a little bit of like, okay, whew, because yeah. I mean, he's he's doing so much. Exactly. I am kind of disappointed though. I want, I really was looking forward to see where they were going to take Cookie. Yeah. You know? I but agree. It's just that now. It doesn't mean it won't come. Right. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. So, it's I mean, this paused. is Hollywood. We, we know how that goes. I mean, exactly. It could be five years down the line and it pops back up on a streamer. Shit. I, exactly right. Exactly, exactly right. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of a streamer, this one is very interesting. <sighs> Sebastian Stan. I mean, everybody knows him. Bucky Barnes and he, Captain America, Avengers, all that good That's shit. Right. Winter and, Soldier. And Lily James herself. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. They're going to be they're in talks right now to star in Hulu's limited series about Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. No. Why? No. <laughs> like, I don't understand this one. No. I, I mean don't understand. it's going to be about sex yeah. and drugs. Basically. I I mean what else can it be about? Like and why Lily James? I know. Lily James is like beautiful and this is going to be, you know, Pamela Anderson after all the shit. Yeah. Like, like not cool home improvement Pamela Anderson, you know, early Playboy Pamela Anderson when she was still, like, God, this sounds so harsh, when she was still pretty. <laughs> oh, as if she's somehow yeah. <laughs> ugly now. But I, I'm just saying. I, Before she got the work done. Yeah. Lily yeah. James seems like pre-work. Yeah. Pamela Anderson. That uh, Forget all that, though. Why? Yeah. Just <laughs> Do why? we need this? Uh, yeah. Like I, I mm. And apparently a lot of it is gonna have to deal deal with the infamous famous sex tape that happened <gasps> and was leaked to the public. Duh, so. because is there anything else? Yeah, right. I I love how they say sex tape. Yeah. Just there was more than one. Yeah. There was more than one. Just saying <laughs> there was more than one. Yeah. Okay. A lot of funny stuff, man. <laughs> a lot of funny stuff. And also this week, I mean, um Hillary Duff. Went on Instagram and told told everybody and let everybody know that the Lizzie McGuire revival is not moving forward. Yes, sadly. Yes, I mean, I mean, uh, creative differences. It sounds like. I mean, we, they were all talking about uh, how the production team and the creative team wanted to go more mature, but Disney and everybody wanted to kind of keep it more family friendly. And yeah, I mean, creative differences happen sometimes. I think Disney was just flat out thinking when they when they greenlit this thing, it was just going to be a continuation of the Disney Channel show. Yeah, and Hillary wanted to be more grown up. Yeah, I mean, because Hillary's. More grown, uh, more grown up. I mean, it just makes sense. But, eh, you know. Okay. I'm super excited about this next one because I love the 80s. Yes. I was around for the it. 80s. I did. I was around for the original Revenge of the Nerds. Seth MacFarlane, if you haven't heard. Uh, and you love Seth MacFarlane. So I this do. is like the best of both. We yeah, Seth really MacFarlane is. and the 80s. He's doing a remake of, or I don't know, revival, reboot, whatever you want to call it, right. of Revenge of the Nerds, the 80s comedy. Uh, this is going to be so good. Seth MacFarlane, like basically everything he touches turns to gold now, yeah. right? Um, Keith and Kenny Lucas, identical twin brothers, best known for their scene-stealing roles in 22 Jump Street, are set to star in the film. Yeah. This is going to be freaking hilarious. I think I so, mean, too. I, I mean... We talk, we bash the reboots all the time, but reviving the series, kind of like how they were going to do with the Hillary Duff thing. Right, and right. I mean, I, we think those are much better. Like, just kind of 
pop in and see where they're at in their lives. I think that is way better, like we said. But yeah, I, it's going to be interesting, and I've never seen the original, so I don't even know what well, to expect. For me, it's going to be it's going to be really cool to look at it and go, okay, how do they define nerds now? Now, like, what makes you nerdy now in 2020 as compared to the 80s? Like, I know what made you a nerd in the 80s, yeah. but what makes you a nerd now? So it's going to be really interesting. Well, now, to like, see yeah, how they... nerd in the 80s is now pop culture phenomena, right? Right, now, right. So. You got you you got some. Square rim glasses and a pocket protector. You're a badass now, yeah, exactly. but back then you were getting your ass kicked. I'm just saying, you know. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited. Exactly. And in speaking of bringing things back to life, L.A. Law is coming back. ABC is in development of a new incarnation of the Emmy-winning uh, Stephen Bocho Bocho yep. series uh, with Blair Underwood set to reprise his role as the attorney Jonathan Rollins. Oh, will they? Will Jimmy Smith be back? Right. Like, like, I mean, because, I mean, I love Blair Underwood, and I'm excited about that, but you got to have some of the other old characters, like, pop up. If not, and and Jimmy Smith's, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Smith's. Here's the crazy thing, though, guys. If you were around, like I was for the original L.A. Law, uh, it's not on NBC this time. ABC. ABC is, like, stealing it, taking it. Yeah. And here's another interesting fact. It's coming from the people behind all of the Arrowverse. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting one. Not Greg Berlanti. Yeah. We shouldn't say that, but everybody else, like that worked on a lot of the Arrow shows and Legends of Tomorrow. What is, uh, so this is going to be Mark Guggenheim. Yeah. Um, so that, interesting. Are we going to see a lot of Arrowverse? people pop up in roles in this because right? that that would be interesting exactly i, I mean, mean i'd be happy keep with that. everybody employed keep it all like in the same family that'd be pretty cool Catherine mcnamara yeah just right say, just saying <laughs> if we're not going anywhere with green arrows and the canaries oh, i'm goodness. just saying here just, we go here we go <laughs> every show until it happens that's all i'm saying right <laughs> Mark, Mark, hire her. Exactly, exactly. More crazy thing that is happening in Hollywood, uh, the impeachment American crime story. uh, It's going to be like this series coming from Ryan Johnson and 20th Century Television is put on pause because uh, COVID, someone tested positive with COVID this past week, and they just said, we're just going to resume filming like after the new year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's the holidays. People want to wind down. It makes sense. It does. I mean, this one's going to, but yet I'm really interested in this one because it's going to follow the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm. Yeah. I did not have sex with that woman. Yeah. And then it was defined sex. Yeah, right. Uh, Cigar. Blue dress. Yeah. Semen stain. We all know the story, but it's sure going to be fun to watch them tell it again. Yeah, it's going to be wild. (laughs) But, I mean, Ryan Murphy's everywhere right he now. He is. He's making a lot of headway and very popular with all the studios. So, I mean, watch that guy. If you're on IMDb Pro, like we talk about in our IMDb Pro trending segment, this is a guy to track, to be honest. Absolutely. And will Brett J. Green show up in there? Right. That's all we You know, come on. We'll I see. Mean, we'll see. We'll see. Finally, we are here, guys. The time has finally come. After damn near eight months, HBO Max is finally on Roku. Yes. They finally hammered out that deal. I mean, the $15 per month streaming service is available right now. And remember, Wonder Woman is coming on Christmas Day, so you know they had to ink that deal so that A people... A week from today. Yeah, yeah, they fucking had to ink that deal so all the Roku subscribers, or users, I should say, can watch HBO Max for Wonder Woman. Damn right. And finally, if we knew all it took was a jagged tweet... 
We'd have done it a long time ago, guys. I'm sorry. We should have done it a long time ago. (laughs) All kidding aside, though, you knew it was going to happen this week. Like I said, no way they were waiting the week of Christmas. And they wanted to get that weekend transfer, everybody to sign up and everything. So you you knew it was going to happen. You knew it. And I mean, sign up for HBO Max, guys, because literally 2021, you get to see all of their fucking new films that are also hitting in theaters. So, I mean, as a consumer... It's a great thing. As a creator, eh, not so much. Right. Go back and listen to previous shows. We've talked about that. I will say, though, their, their, HBO Max, their library of old films and television shows, and stuff, it is loaded, y'all. It is well worth the 15 bucks. It is. I, I'm just going to say. so. Exactly. A new, exciting stuff. Comic book geek over here. Yes. Exciting stuff for Black Adam. Yes, Cyclone has been cast. Are you guys ready for that? Quintessa Swindell is going to play Cyclone opposite, you guys know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson in Black Adam, uh, a member of the uh, Justice Society, of course, because that's the whole key that, you know, he's bringing together the Justice Society. Duh. Um, This one is really good. Uh, Aldous Hodge, you guys know, as Hawkman, and Noah Centeno as Adam Smasher. You know, Rock as Black Adam. Um, So here's the interesting thing, and I... I didn't see any heat, so I'm wondering, are people finally past this shit? The character in the comic books is not African-American. Mm, mm. As we all know, though, Quintessa yeah. is. So, But there was no backlash. There was no, like, oh, why are they casting that kind of a thing? Remember, even Hawkman got like backlash. Yeah. Like, why are they casting a black man as Hawkman? Blah, blah, blah. But so I was happy to see that there was none, and I'm really excited about this. I think this movie's going to kick ass. I'm excited to see the Justice Society. We've seen it on TV in the um, Arrowverse, yep. you know, with Stargirl, but now to see them kind of on the big screen is going to be awesome. Well, it's really good, too, because I feel like the people who are really close to the source material hold it near and dear to their heart. Uh, I mean, they just want that comic book accurate portrayal. And I mean, now inclusivity movement, everybody needs to be attached to a project that doesn't necessarily match the source material. So I think it's good. It's a very good thing. Well, and the source material changes. Look, we've got a All black we've got a black Batman. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a series running right now with a black Batman. So sometimes, you know, it, it goes vice versa. Sometimes you take source material from the comics make the movies but sometimes the movies inspire the the comic books exactly like batman the animated series harley quinn was created for that not ever in the comic but now she's in the comic book exactly i think it's a good thing i agree you know completely agree this one is by no surprise because we talked about it a few weeks ago the Chappelle show being taken off netflix well now Chappelle went to warner media and hbo and hbo max and was like hey you see what I just did with Netflix? We're going to do the same thing with HBO Max. Like, I am not getting paid from Viacom CBS, who owns the Chappelle show. So with all the distribution to all these other streaming platforms, he's not getting paid for that either. So he's going around Hollywood and making sure that if he's not getting paid, it's being taken off. And, and to their credit, everybody is agreeing they to are. take it off. Yeah. Except for the one place that screwed him in the first place, and they're still airing it. Yeah. So, like, they're like, fuck you. Uh, I mean, so maybe a lawsuit coming down the line? Yeah. I don't know. But kudos to HBO and HBO Max for doing it. I think yeah, it I right mean, move. he's a Hollywood juggernaut right now, so it makes sense. It's true. Absolutely true. This next one. The, the Sprouse brother that we don't hear very often, but yeah. <laughs> but he is still acting, guys. I he swear, is. it's true. And now we know because Dylan, Dylan Sprouse, that's yes. right, not Cole, is the newest kid on campus. He's joining Mindy Kaling's and Justin Noble's The Sex Lives of College Girls after we collide actor will join the new HBO Max series 
as a series regular. So not just like a guest star, not just like popping yeah. in. He's going to be series regular That's on the awesome. show. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's got some talent. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen a lot of his work. Uh, forget that one thriller he did like a couple of years ago. But yeah. It was freaky. It, it was. was. It was freaky. It so. was. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm just to, to get them back in. And I love how they're kind of doing their separate things. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's exciting. I agree. I agree. Oh, we've been talking about this one a lot. I mean, especially the trades have been talking about this one a lot. The mistreatment and how that Justice League set was. Well, Gal Gadot provided her testimony uh, this past week uh, to Warner Media, and uh, they're doing the thorough, thorough investigation. And actually, it just kind of came to an end where they suspect that there was what, what was the term they use? Uh, there was a remandable action. And yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what? And Gal Gadot is like. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. So she provided this testimony and went, you know, through this whole process and has heard nothing. Exactly. She doesn't even know what the punishment was. Like, what does that even mean? Like, one one thing that did come out of it, though, is that Justice League, the movie that you saw, we saw, everybody saw in the theaters and everything – it act like it don't exist. It's like Superman three and four of the originals. Yeah, like, like shoop, boop, out of there. Didn't happen. Not canon anymore. They have announced it is not canon. So, and that could be because every other director from the other films hated it. Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like that's not how Zach had our characters set up. Like, no. So, you know, I'm happy about that. Though. Yeah, completely agree. And I mean, especially. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, Josh Whedon just kind of stepping back from the public light to spend time with his family and mm-hmm. figure out his life. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We will forever be grateful for the first Avengers movie, though, bro. Yeah, I for mean, real. Like, you know, even if you does turn out that you are an asshole and treated people bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, because yeah. yeah. we can separate the art from the asshole. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you know. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> a new fucking series that we've been talking about a little bit on the show. Yes. Peacemaker. You know, it's going to HBO Max, and it's the Suicide Squad spinoff series, and the cast continues to grow, adding four new faces to its cast. Like I said, ooh, damn. Uh, Chiquiti? Uh, yep. uh Yeah. Uh, he's from she, he, or from When They See Us. Yes. As a series regular as Mocklin Monroe. Uh Riverdale and Annie Chang from Shades of Blue and um, Christopher Hydrahall from Togo. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. You got Annie Chang, though. You yeah. nailed that one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you got to nail one. Those of are them. difficult names, are. though. It's uh, To be fair, those are difficult names. All kidding aside, though, I mean, this thing is like booming. Yep. This is going to be huge. James Gunn is going to like spin this off, and I, I think it's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm really excited to see where the DC television universe, including the Arrowverse, goes on HBO Max. Yeah. It's going to be epic. Exactly. It's going to be epic. Yeah. And this is other breaking news that happened this week. Uh, Viacom CBS. We're talking about the Mission Impossible number seven film. That's right. Um, Tom Cruise. Went a little crazy on people. That's right. Have you not heard this thing? Apparently, a couple <laughs> of people weren't fully six feet apart. They weren't following the proper protocol with social distancing of COVID regulations on set. He saw them. I'm guessing it wasn't the first time that he saw them not following it. He went the fuck 
off. Yeah, he did. He just, if you guys haven't heard the audio, he just started ripping them about the responsibility that they have, that the other studios are making movies because of what they're doing, and that he's on the phone with studios and agencies, and he carries the weight on the shoulders, and that they're paying for college tuitions and houses, and you know, and he just started ripping these people about, if you don't follow it, we get shut down, you explain it to them, why they can't send their kids to school, and you explain why they're unemployed, and blah, you know, and just basically told them enough is enough if i see you again you're fucking out of here you're fired you're fucking done you know and they said yes sir yeah right but (laughs) apparently didn't listen because he went on another tirade and this time five people quit yeah they're like fuck that i can't take mad tom like it it just yeah (laughs) i I mean this production was shut down back in october for a week so i mean he just wanted to get this thing made. He is very attached to these Mission Impossible yeah, like franchise. So, I mean, it makes sense. And, I mean, plus, everybody's got to stay employed during this time. A lot of people have lost their jobs. So, I mean, sometimes when he sees that, especially on a film that he produces and is attached to, I mean, you get a little upset. Yeah. I mean, you, look, uh, there was a lot of mixed emotions about, you know, but for the most part, I'd say 90% plus were in favor of him going off. Yeah. Like, uh, George Clooney, you know, he did the bobblehead shaking. George, George Clooney, I would have done it a little different. Fuck you, George. We don't care how you would have done it. You know, I'm just saying. But the majority of people thought, okay, maybe the cursing and all that, maybe not. But the message was the right message that they have to do better. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, George Clooney said he felt the same way about it. Yeah, he just would have. Demean, demean them in a, a different, different way. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> different strokes, different folks, man. Uh, I know. I'm just totally disenjoyed. You I'm are, sorry. You I'm sorry. Are. He's never coming on the show. No. No. Never. Maybe he will, though. Maybe. Like, not if he watches you the know, videos. You know, for any but, of the YouTube, yeah, they're like, you have no idea. But just go back and watch any of his films and... You'll know. He does bobblehead. I'm sorry he does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chelsea Aldean from 13 Reasons Why is yes. joining the 11th and final season of Shameless. Yes. And it's going to be a recurring role, so that's pretty badass. She's going to be at Tish, who works as a cashier at a furniture store where Carl uh, rescues her from an irate customer. Ooh, Ooh, love interest, maybe? Maybe. That's what it sounds like. Maybe. I mean, the last season, they're going out with a huge bang. Yeah. I mean, the... the you know, we talked to Shinola. You guys heard this. This last season is just going to be epic. Yeah. So I'm excited. Hell I'm excited. yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. I mean, there. This guy is basically Viacom CBS's golden boy. Uh, yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Chris Pine is in negotiations to star in Dungeons and Dragons, Paramount, and E1's upcoming film adaptation of the popular board game. Everybody knows it. Uh, this is coming from Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, they're going to be directing and writing the script. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. This guy just doesn't like medieval shit. No, I love He the, still I, hasn't watched Game of Thrones. But it's not true. <laughs> I, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I loved the cartoon in the 80s. I thought it was badass and everything. I'm just thinking, like, why? Why why do we need a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Because we have epic shows like Game of, <laughs> Game of Thrones and like all of the kind of stuff. Uh, why do we need this? Also, what popped into my head is that Dungeons and Dragons that qualified you as a nerd in the 80s yeah right it did just saying watch revenge of the nerd i'm just saying chris pine is not a nerd yeah so 
Anyway, I think it's going to be badass. All yeah, kidding aside, I'm, I think it's I'm excited be for it. Like we've talked about before, I mean, they're trying. Everybody's trying to do these Game of Thrones medieval s shows. I mean, Netflix with The Witcher, yep. Amazon bringing back Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously Game of Thrones now Dungeons and Dragons. Like, so it makes sense. Don't forget Nicholas's Cage's Drunk Bayou Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that <motherfucker>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about that. No oh, man, like, uh, I don't even know. Heading over to NBC Universal, <laughs> uh, they have landed the rights to adapt a graphic novel, The Electric State, and as a feature film, and it's going to be directed and produced by the Russo brothers. Yes, which is pretty badass because they have Millie Bobby Brown to star in this thing. She's going to be a teenage girl, and it. Had alternative future who realizes that a strange but sweet robot who comes to her has actually been sent by her missing brother Ooh, oh sci-fi a little yeah, bit sci-fi that thriller. sounds like an interesting story um and millie bobby brown and the russo brothers hit right i mean that, that's like a no-brainer right like you take the russo brothers you mix in millie bobby brown you have a blockbuster that's like about as simple as it gets exactly then the real question is because they love to work with people that they work with will she pop up in an in the mcu somewhere no, i hope so i mean that that's long been rumored and we all know it's happening come on secret wars will yeah. happen they will be back they will be you know will millie bobby brown pop up like that's that's the question that's the question. It is the question. It is the question. NBC is also developing Hope Cafe. It's going to yes. be a multi-camera comedy from Mayim Bleonk and uh, Damian Wayans, a junior. In the series, the friendship of lives and loves of workers <laughs> and customers who are all intertwined at the Hope Cafe. It's a coffee shop where baristas who are also trained as mental health counselors yep. uh, think fraud with tattoos and uh, frother. Uh, now the show is inspired by Hope for the Day's Sip of Hope in Chicago. That's right. It's going to be the, fir- the world's first coffee shop where it's okay to not be okay. Yep. This is a real place. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. I think so, too. Uh, you know, I think, you know, because a lot of people talk over coffee. Yeah. A lot of people get into their shit over coffee. That's true. So the idea of having a place where the baristas are actually trained in helping counsel people that may be going through some tough stuff while they're drinking their coffee, like that that's awesome. I agree. And to do a series about that because we talk about this all the time, the mental state of everybody right now Very through important. the pandemic and through all of the shit that's going on, all the movements going on extremely important so shows that are willing to step up and talk about that topic i think kudos yeah kudos i agree i agree uh the l world create l word creator uh elin 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 eileen eileen you You know better than i do uh shiken shiken (laughs) has signed a big overall deal with universal television to develop and produce scripted content as part of this pact Uh, she will serve as executive producer showrunner on the first season of nbc's upcoming Law and Order, Organized Crime. Dun, dun. That's exciting. Yep. The showrunner, I guess creative differences, wasn't working out. Yep. Boop. Out of here. Down. And part of the deal, she gets it. I mean, there could be worse things than saying, okay, you're going to showrun a Dick Wolf Law and Order series. 
I yeah. mean, win, yeah, and it's like Stabler's return. I mean, like, just hand her the hit because right. it's going to be a hit. I agree. That is exciting, though. Remember, this one was supposed to be on the fall schedule, and then it didn't happen, and then yeah. it was delayed. I did see those set photos and everything. Stabler's return has happened. It has been filmed. He was on set. We're going to see it in Law & Order SVU, so it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Exciting. Definitely, man. Definitely. And Universal is about to close all the international dis- uh, distribution rights to U.S. high school drama The Fallout. Ooh. This one's got a huge cast attached to it. I mean, Niles Finch from This Is Us, Shalane yep. Woodley from Big Little Lies, Julie Bowen, Modern Family. I mean, so many different people, young people that are attached to this thing. Yes. So it's going to be badass. It's currently in post-production at the moment, uh, so... Be prepared, man. Stay tuned. Yes, and written by Megan Park. Yeah. You guys, I mean, that's awesome. What if, remember, I mean, she's an actress. You guys probably know her in front of the camera, but written by her, so that's going to be badass. Agreed. Agreed. Nobody is going to be happy about this one, or at least I really don't care, because as you could tell from my last week's top five, (laughs) uh, Universal hate or don't like, dislike shows that we, you know. Uh, The Peacock. The Peacock just got The Office back, and it's going to be on The Peacock on 2021. But it is going behind their paywall. We know they have a free tier and a paid tier, and it's going behind the paid tier. Man, you remember when all those great shows were on Netflix for free? Yep. Well, not for free, but still, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. They have to recoup all the money they paid to get the rights back. That's what it is, really. I mean, I think, because remember, we talked about it over and over and over again. 50 million for this, 50 million for that, 60 million. So, how do you, you gotta, you gotta get it back. You can't just show it for free, right? Exactly. I I don't know. I don't know. This next one, I'm excited about again because 80s, 80s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Remember Night Court, Bull? Remember? Yeah, you remember Bull and Dan Fielding and Harry Stone and, like, all the gang, Roz, Roz, Marky Post. And, you know, come on, it was so good. Well, if you don't remember it, you're going to because it's coming back. They're doing a sequel, which is awesome. Uh, Night Court's back. Uh, NBC is developing the foul-up comedy. Uh, John Larroquette will be back as Dan Fielding, which... Our producer, Jason, brought up a very good point, and, and, and I think this is accurate. If you remember Night Court and you remember Dan Fielding, I don't know how this character is on TV in the current environment. Mm. He was a very – he would have been sued every single day under the Me Too movement. Oh, shit. <laughs> like every day violation. Like he, he would – he was the Harvey Weinstein of prosecutors mm. back in the day – um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Dan has grown up, maybe. I don't know. So this one is going to focus on Abby Stone, though, Harry's daughter. Mm. So, um, which makes sense because the actor who portrayed Harry Stone, as we all know, passed away a few years back. So unable to kind of come back onto the show, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but um, I'm excited about this one. The show was huge. Yeah. And it was really popular, uh, spawned a lot. I mean, John Larroquette became a household name because of this show. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, again, we talked about this is a revival. Yeah. It's kind of like a fast forward. Okay, so not a reboot. So I'm excited. Agreed, I'm excited. man. Agreed. I mean, spinoffs are huge right now. They are. Uh, Florence Poe, 
uh, who is producing and starring in a murder mystery, The Maid, for Universal Pictures. Oh. And it's going to be based on Nita's uh, prose debut novel of the same name. And it's going to be centered around Molly, the maid, who leaves every room perfect and pristine while getting to know each one of the guests' dirty secrets. Oh. And explores uh, Molly's uh, descent in, or descent into murderous underbelly of her crazy ass workplace molly the maid yeah my this it at first glance sounds like a disney movie right molly Molly the the maid Maid. she leaves every room pristine but then (laughs) she descends into darkness and becomes a killer like oh Um, oh yeah yeah so i mean you can only clean up so many semen stained sheets before you go crazy before i mean (laughs) you can't do it that's right the shit i see every day i can't take it anymore i mean molly the maid oh goodness (laughs) i'm tired of keeping up clump like oh god <laughs> She's got the wand. All She's right. gonna like you know. Like, uh, oh man! We you all know what wand I'm talking about. Don't lie. It's right. not just for blood. Oh okay. goodness! Uh, Superstore. <laughs> it may be coming to an end, guys. I know a lot of people are upset about this, but just wait. There's gonna be a spinoff series. It's gonna be entitled. Bo and Cheyenne, and apparently these are characters from Superstore. I don't know if I've never watched it, but it's gonna be based around them. So be excited for that. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. If there's no America Ferrera, yeah. it's not gonna work. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, did you notice? It's no coincidence that when America Ferrera said she wasn't coming back after this this last season, they canceled it. Yeah. They were like, "Well, if America's not coming back, fuck it, we're done. We're canceling yeah. it." I mean, I'm just saying. So the spinoff probably not gonna work. Yeah. Nothing against any of the people involved or the actors or the character. I'm just saying. I think the appeal to that show was America Ferrera. She's not there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one we've talked about a little bit. 65 coming from Sony. It's supposed to be like a sci-fi thriller. Uh, yes. More people have joined the cast. Chloe Coleman has joined the cast. Oh. And we all know that Adam Driver is also attached. And yes. Ariana uh, Greenblatt is also attached. So that will be really cool. And it's coming from uh, the Quiet Place directors and writers Scott Beck and Brian Woods. So that's going to be fun. Oh, and Sam Raimi's producing. I mean, so there you go. Sam Raimi's like a god. Yeah. I mean, it's he's just, Sony's golden boy. He is. Without, <laughs> hands down, without doubt, he is their golden boy. Yeah. I was dancing to my own 65. I just think 65. Oh, goodness. Love affair. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a weird day for me, okay? It it's been a weird day for me. I know just, you're not happy about this next one. No. You don't, no, you don't, I don't like, don't like I, the I, no, I, I think Alicia Wainwright would have been perfect. That's just me, but we'll see. I could be totally wrong. I just think she would have been outstanding as a big Whitney Houston fan. I was. She was my very first concert. Like, I, I just so many things. But Naomi Aki yes. apparently is going to be playing Whitney Houston in Sony's upcoming musical biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yeah. Um. These have been huge. They you have. guys know all the musical biopics have been huge. Unfortunately, this one will end in a tragic ending. We yeah. all know. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, it's going to take a really strong, strong actress to pull this off, I think, though, because the ride that Whitney went on in her life, the things that she was able to accomplish, and then how it horribly ended, it's going to take somebody that's got grit. Yeah. So we'll see. I wonder who they're going to cast as Bobby. 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 <laughs> Bobby. Bobby's hardcore right now. He's like, I can do it. Who better than Bobby? <laughs> Play Bobby. 
like, shut up, Bobby. We don't want anybody to die, Bobby. Like, everybody has died, Bobby. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. They're all ended up dead in bathtubs. I'm just saying. Oh, allegedly, like, no, not alleged. They're all dead in bathtubs, but we don't know. That's true. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, MGM. <laughs> Going over to MGM, Matt Bettatini, Bettatini, uh, Oplin, uh, Tyler Gillette, and Chad Villia, uh, better known as Radio Silence, yes. are set to direct the uh, MGM horror high school movie Reunion. Yes. And with names like that, I get why they just call themselves Radio Silence. Yeah. <laughs> so <understand>. much easier. <laughs> so. It really is. I didn't even know, like, there's three-person directorial groups. Like right. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, apparently, if you get more than a duo, you, you need a name. You need a whole You can't name. just say brothers or, like, you know, such and such and, you know, it, it's, you need a name. Yeah. So, Radio Silence. Yeah. Anyway, Reunion. This film's going to highlight the horrific experience everyone went through of high school reunions. Oh. But it's going to take it to a whole new extreme because oh, there's a shape-shifting creature that happens to show up at this reunion. What the fuck? And starts, I guess, causing havoc. <laughs> so, you know. I don't know why Halloween Town popped in my head. Like, this is so weird. I, I don't. I don't know, man. It is kind of weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird. I mean, I know everybody looks drastically different when you go back for a high yeah, school like reunion that's... than they did all those years. But are they shapeshifters? Is like, MGM I mean... also doing the one that's doing the monster series? I is think that... so, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, it makes sense, right? They're so goofy. I don't <laughs> That's a very particular way of filmmaking that I feel like is not relevant right now. No. No, just say it. No. Oh, good. Boy, Sally sure looks different. Yeah, right. Oh, like, she's a shapeshifter. Who knew? Like, <laughs> she only has one eye. She's a cyclops now. Like, fuck. Remember when she was cheerleader? We all knew she'd end up like a. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, Frances McDormand uh, will star in the adaptation <laughs> of Women Talking from Plan B and MGM's o Orion. Yes. Right that time. Yep. Pictures. Oscar nominees Sarah Polley will write and direct the feature film that is based on the best-selling novel by Miriam Tools. Uh, so yeah, and it follows a group of women in an isolated religious colony as they struggle to reconcile with their faith with a series of sexual assaults committed by the colony's men. I feel like cult, like Handsmaid's Tale, um, like all these cult shows are huge right now, especially like documentary series, but I think this is going to be like more like nonfiction. But yeah, yeah, well, and uh, because it's happened in real life so much, remember? Yeah. Uh, old Chloe there from Smallville. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, like, you know, just, they're, these sex cults, like, and, and the sexual assault, and I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. how, like, many there are. Yeah. It's just terrifying. I was so. watching um, a documentary series the other day on Scientology on Netflix mm. with What's-Her-Face from King of Queens. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Religion causes a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like all good things, it can be good and bad depending on who's leading that religion so yeah. i mean just but i do like the fact that there's going to be a series that takes a look at it yeah. and talks about it because we talk about all the time on this show sparking conversation getting people to talk about the issues so anytime any you know project 
has the guts to do that, that's a good thing. I agree. So I agree. Uh, now heading over to Lionsgate, this is a huge one because everybody knows the much-anticipated show that we're waiting for. Yes. Heels with Stephen Amell has added two more cast members to its roster. JAG alum David James Elliott yes. and Joel Murray from Mad Men. So, I mean, badass, man. They're going to be at recurring roles in uh, Heels. Like I said, it's going to be an eight-episode hour-long drama. We all talked about it, talking about Deep South Wrestling. Yep. And uh, Elliot is supposed to play Tom Spade. He's a former wrestling proprietor of Duffy Wrestling League. And he's the father of Jack and Ace, husband of Carol. And he's a devoted entrepreneur who built a business that provided opportunities for for countless aspiring wrestlers from all over the country. And Murray will portray Eddie Earl, a local proprietor and sponsor of the Wrestling League. So that's going to be interesting. So so Harm is playing Arrow's dad? Yes. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm a, a Harm. I said Harm you because did. I'm a huge Jag fan. You did. David James Elliott's like that's Harm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. So my concern is I'm super excited about this show by the way because I think it's going to be badass. You I heard agree. our interview with Alan Maldonado who's also in it and got ripped to take on Stephen Amell. Um my only concern about this would be like after the huge success of Harm and Mac reuniting, yeah, right, <laughs> if you will, on NCIS Los Angeles and the huge ratings bonanza that that was. Everybody thought for sure Jag is coming back. Damn. So how will Calm this? Down. How yeah. will this do that? You know, recurring role though. So not you know full time series regular, just yeah. recurring. So maybe it's okay still. Maybe we'll I'm just saying. Yeah. We and, you will know. see. Uh, heading <laughs> I, over to the streaming giant. I'm just deep tonight. You are. Know. Like, you're just getting into your just, feelings. It's, it's, and, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, he's I'm, got I'm, tissues over here. Did, like, he's, got, he's I'm ready. I'm prepping. I'm prepping for the Mandalorian hey, tonight. Like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Men can cry. It's okay. <laughs> I cry at everything. Like, I have it, to go to the Hope Cafe. So, yeah, I mean, because exactly. it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Netflix, going over to Netflix. Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes are teaming up to headline a Netflix limited series. I love how there's not, like, stigma behind television anymore. No, yeah. Because they were – I remember, like, I mean, watching Entourage early 2000s or, like, mid-2000s, I should say. Um you know, they're like, if you go to television, you can't go back to movies. That's like, right. There's all that, like that stigma. But now it's it's like one and the same, which is really cool. Which is exactly right. I think that's why the stigma has gone because it's the it's merged. It has. I mean, it, it's literally the same thing now. So Exactly. Like I said, it's going to be a limited series titled True Story. And this marks a TV drama debut for Hart, who is also going to be executive producing this series. Uh, Hart will play the version of himself in a fictional story. And Wesley is going to be playing his brother. Yes. So that's going to be pretty funny. Yes. Snipes looks old, though. So, I mean, they're going to have to do some makeup or something because Snipe looks kind of rough. Damn. I'm just saying. Damn. Yeah, I'm just saying. Damn. He's pretty maybe, old. Maybe that's why he got booted from Blade. Maybe. Because, It's know, like, listen. Vampires vampires don't age. That's true. Just, they don't have wrinkles. But he was half human, though. He was. Like, I mean, just. Yeah. yeah. That's on HBO Max now. Yes. So, fucking go to Roku and watch it. All three. All three. All three. Mm-hmm. The Trinity. You know, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Jessica Biel. Popped up in there. Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, just saying. So good. Yep. So good. (laughs) The queen herself, Latifah, is set to star and executive produce in Netflix's movie, End of the Road. And this thriller centers around a recently widowed Brenda who drives her family across country to start a new life 
after losing her job. While isolated in the desert in New Mexico, the family must learn how to fight back when it becomes targeted by a mysterious killer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it sounds like... Because we all know that Queen Latifah is going to be in the new Equalizer movie series, series, whatever. So it sounds like she's reversing roles and kind of like being chased now. That's right. The real question is, will by the end of the movie, her boys become men? Oh, goodness. (laughs) What? It's the end of the road. 80s comedy. Come on. That was a total dad joke. 80s comedy. Whatever. But hey. Oh, no. Goodness gracious. I don't even have any don't words make me for cry. that. Don't yeah. make me cry. Okay. What we do have words, though, for is Nicolas Cage as a, not just is going to be a Bayou Dragon. That's not That's, that's not, not it. it. But have you ever wondered where shit came from? <laughs> or what, dick, bitch? Any All of them. them. Yeah, we have the E. It's okay. It's fine. I'm not going to say the other one because, you know, that I'm not taking the heat for that one. But it starts with a B and ends with a Y. Um... Nicolas Cage is going to explain all that to us. Netflix is giving him a series called The History of Swear Words by Nicolas Cage. Um, He is going to explore pop culture usage, science and culture impact of curse words through the use of interviews with experts, pop culture historians, and entertainers. It's so funny how, like, yeah, he's going back and talking to all these people. Yeah. Each uh, episode will focus on a word, and the words will be fuck, shit, bitch, dick, the one I won't say, yes. <laughs> um, and damn. And that'll be the focus of the series with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That's going to be pretty interesting, man. Like, I don't even know what to expect. He must have done so well as the Bayou Dragon for that upcoming Netflix series. Netflix is like, we need him to do another one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell us why you say bitch, where it came from. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a fan of Nick Cage, and this will be entertaining. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Remember when Keanu did Film vs. Digital? And he does all the interviews. I feel like this is going to be that. But with curse but words. But with curse words. <laughs> he's going to interview experts and pop people. I just, he's, I don't know. He's going to be so serious. He's going to be so he's serious. He's going to be very serious. Yes. Very what, serious. What is the reason behind Dick? Like, <laughs> what? I don't know, Nick. I thought I it was Nick. Richard. I thought it was Richard. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, goodness gracious. When did Rick become Dick? Yeah, right. I, I, we'll find out. We just will. <laughs> we will. Uh, Netflix, they are also doing some questionable things. They have canceled the basketball theme adult animated series Hoops after one season. Uh, we wanted to talk about this one because we have upcoming guests from Queen's Gambit who also touch a little bit on this. Yep. Um, Netflix not solely helping market some of their projects. I think this is a prime example. We talked about this show when it was announced to come on to Netflix. Yeah. And I we sound we thought it sounded great, but when it actually popped up on Netflix, it didn't pop up in like the new stuff that came on that no. week. So like I feel like a lot of people just missed the train on this one because they didn't market or advertise enough. I mean you have you've got the guys behind the Lego movie. Yeah. Okay. Phil Lord and the and the gang and like it you should have been touting the shit out of that. I agree. Like, and they didn't, and this is what happens when you don't. You have like all this huge talent involved, and the premise sounds awesome, and it, you think it's going to be a huge hit, but if yeah. you don't tell anybody, yeah, 
you know, I mean, I get that they love their hidden gems, but this is not the project you want to hide under the hidden gems. Like, I just, I don't know. I know. It's crazy. Market your shit. You got competition coming. Exactly. Disney Plus is on your ass. HBO Max is coming. Just market your shit. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. George Lopez is coming back to uh, a drama series, and after a competitive competition, everybody wanted this thing. All the studios, all the streamers. Uh, It's going to be Once Upon a Time in Altlin? Yeah, let's go with that. Sure, why not? Uh, The show is currently in development. Lopez is set to star and executive produce the hour-long series that is described as reaching into the deep suburbs of Los Angeles to characterize a Chicano family and coming to terms with falsehoods of the American dream and their ability to defy expectations. Uh, This is going to be Lopez's first dramatic TV role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like huge stretch from the George Lopez show where he was actually a successful, you know, manager of a business and like, you know, had a successful family. And so this is going to be the struggling, you know, the yeah. vice, you know, full 360 of it or 180 of it. So um, this, I'm excited about this. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing it's centered in East L.A. Yeah, you think I, so. you, I would think so, right? Yeah. So, but um, I'm anyway, a fan of George, so me I mean, too. I think it'll be entertaining. Me too. And I can't wait to see the cast. Yeah. You know, agreed. because I, I mean, he, he picked the perfect cast for the comedy show. I'm a, I can't wait to see who he lines up for this one. It's going to be exciting. This one makes total sense because everybody wants Margot Robbie. Yeah. I, I everywhere. Mean, everywhere. She's everywhere. Since Harley Quinn, she's literally just like, pow. Yeah. I mean, well, Amazon got her. Uh, they have given her a first look TV deal. Under the deal, Lucky Chap, which is Margot's company, Lucky Chap, will work with Amazon to create television projects that will premiere exclusively on Amazon Prime Video. Makes sense. I mean, because why would they premiere anywhere else? Exactly. I mean. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, I mean, I'm excited because she's extremely talented, not just in front of the camera. I'm excited to see what she does behind the camera. And, I mean, you know, could be another Reese Witherspoon on our hands. We don't know. Yeah. But could be. All right, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, this next one is really interesting because we got two basically stars of Hollywood teaming up for this one. According to multiple sources, Ben Affleck is in negotiation to star in Amazon Studios' adaptation of The Tender Bar. And get this, George Clooney is supposed to direct this thing. Which will be pretty good. All kidding aside, he's a really phenomenal director. I think he's a much better director than he is an actor, but he'll probably put himself in it because he always puts himself in everything he directs. But he's a phenomenal director, and I think him directing Affleck, who's also a phenomenal director, but a good actor as well, I think this is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, what, the film's based on the book about a young boy growing up in a Long Island seeking out his father figures um, at the patrons of his uncle's bar. So I guess the father abandoned him and he's kind of trying to find somebody, you know, to look up to to be that father figure. And yeah. What better place than a bar? Right. <laughs> the way is back that, and that, then freaking why? Ben Affleck's yeah, past. Like, is that why George reached out to him? Right. Like, listen, you can connect to this character a lot. I saw the way back and I think I want you in my film. The ending sucks. I don't know. Yeah. But it's yeah. Fun. Yeah. But. You can watch that on HBO Max right now, too. (laughs) Everything is on there, Everything is on there. Uh, It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Talking more about, I mean, we talked about mental health. We talked about drug abuse. We talk about that in every single show. Uh, So Apple 
is in final negotiations for Carrie and Me, and it's going to be a new film adaptation uh, from Carrie and Me, a mother and daughter love story starring or with Carol Burnett's best-selling memoir about her daughter, Carrie Hamilton. Uh, you know more about this story than I do. Yeah, for um, anybody old like me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it kind of touched, not, not real old. It wasn't too long ago. Um, but basically Carrie Hamilton, uh, her daughter, you know, coming up in, and being Carol Burnett's daughter. Uh, I mean, one, this was at the heyday of Carol Burnett's like peak of popularity and just where everybody was doing the ear tug and everybody knew who she was. Well, the struggles, you know, of coming up in that and trying to deal with the weight of that, um, you know, can take its toll on, on, on kids. And that's what happened with Carrie. And she fell into addiction, um, alcohol, drugs, um, had some mental, uh, instability and was really just like a mess. And Carol made the decision to like, I gotta, I gotta take care of my daughter and kind of walked away from the career and, you know, helped her daughter get out of it, climb out of the hole, um, recovered only to be thanked by her daughter dying from cancer mm. after she got clean and turned her life around and and kind of mended the relationship with her mom so um it's gonna be deep yeah it's gonna be deep it, it's a really sad story um but it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those that and it was a long struggle i yeah. mean it started in her you know her early teens and she died from the cancer at 38 it was literally a lifelong struggle that her and her mom went through to try to get this and so yeah. i think it's gonna be really if you ever read the book or if, if you've even just heard carol burnett talk about it it's so moving and so powerful so um and with apple behind it i think it's just gonna be huge yeah burnett as well and uh, tina fey tina fey is gonna produce this thing as well yeah so which you know drama this is gonna be heavy drama so i love the idea of tina fey coming yeah. on and taking you know taking this powerful um but tina fey has made no secret in the past that she's a huge burnett fan yeah credits carol burnett a lot for her inspiring her career and the, yeah. these different things so that makes sense so it does make sense uh, it does make sense woo! yeah man crazy okay that got deep it did get deep let's raise it back up <laughs> right. let's raise it back up sky p marshall coming on the show to talk about anything and everything at least we're not selling drugs guys that's right at least we're not selling drugs that's right we haven't resorted there yet no not yet no. Uh, but it is 2020, so we're diving deep in this interview with mental health, with what's going on, with, I mean, different shows we're watching, a whole bunch of different stuff in this interview. It's really freaking good, guys. I'm really excited for people to hear this. And one. I got to tell you, she gives a lot of solid advice about how to approach the industry yeah. and how to approach your life in order to succeed in whatever you're trying to do. Plus, we finally find out where the P came from. Yeah, right. In Sky P. Marshall. Yeah. It's a great interview, guys. You're going to love it. Definitely, definitely. Well, here she is. Sky Marshall, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? Hey, hey, I'm good, you know, just trying to keep from selling weed. <laughs> Aren't we all? This is where it we're is at. out here in these streets. <laughs> that is the most real intro we have ever had. That is fantastic. <laughs> You know, like, I get that there's a dispensaries, but, like, I'm trying to kick it old school and just stand on a corner because I ain't got shit to do, you know, oh just to raise, raise the stakes again. You know? <laughs> Looking for some excitement in my life. It's a little bit of a thrill. You know, no one can touch me. No, no. So. 
<laughs> well, I we were going to ask you how you were spending your time during COVID, but now we know. It's all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a plan. You know, 2021 is looking good. That's right. You Just always a, need a, a backup few, plan, so it's absolutely. all good. Just, you know, I'm going to start with a few nickel bags, you know, work my way up to a few dime bags, and uh, looking for a kilo, buddy. Uh, there, you go, there you go. <laughs> well, this, this is about done. We know what you've been doing, and we know your backup plan, and, and there's some advice for anybody trying to get into the industry. Boom, right there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Times are tough. You got to do, do what you got to do. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Look, we are excited to have you on the show today. This is going to be a fun one. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Um, we're definitely going to talk all about all of the stuff that you've been on because, I mean, the the, the resume is impressive without doubt. Got all kinds of stuff. But um, what Thank we like you. to do to start off is kind of <laughs> – I don't know. We've already kind of made the introduction now. But what we like to do is kind of <laughs> – have you talk about how you got started in the industry and everything for the fans who might not be familiar with you and, and how you came up um what we, we mentioned air force veteran or you know stuff so we'll talk about that but um what about acting was it always something that you wanted to do you saw yourself doing or how'd you get into it well you know it was always a part of my life being on the stage as far as performing arts whether it be dancing and acting but because I started at the age of like five when my mom threw me in a tutu, I didn't know that everyone else in the world wasn't doing it. You know what I mean? Like right. I grew up, it was like eat, sleep, shit, perform. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> rinse and repeat. So like I w- it was always a part of my life, but I was also um, at the same time very conditioned uh, to only see that as a hobby. Mm. So I didn't actually see it as a career ever. And I you know, did what most people do and go to school, get good grades. Um, If you can't afford college like I didn't, go to the military, let Uncle Sam be your sugar daddy, get your diploma, (laughs) um, go work in New York and get your little corner office. And, you know, uh, and there you go. And then next, you know, you're Carrie Bradshaw and single at 39. Um, So (laughs) I was like, boom, done. Check, 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 check. Get to that corporate office. Two years later, realize the cubicle was just my own personal hell, and I would sit there deciding if I wanted to either throw myself down the stairs or out the window <laughs> on a daily basis. Because, you know, like my weekends were always fire because I modeled all through my 20s, but that was just like a little side, you know, hustle to keep my confidence high. But right. My, I'd be back in the corporate office, and, you know, I'd have this little cornball ass motherfucker who ain't been laid all decade coming up to me to try to check me about my PowerPoint presentation. And I'm like, I just fucking kicked with Diddy last weekend. I don't even know what I'm capable of. Uh, And I would just get so frustrated. Like it was really like a Clark Kent Superman kind of experience. And I was ready to just stay in the cape. And I was just like, fuck, I don't know what to do. And I called my mom um one day and i was like mom i legit don't know what i want to do with the rest of my life like i worked so hard to get to this desk and i hate it and she was and and she was just like you know my mom's you know she's old school so she was like well then that's what you need to talk to god about you need to ask him for 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 clarity and i was like okay you know at that time i didn't you know have a relationship with god i was a fan of his work but like we (laughs) we didn't talk so then at that time, I was like, fuck it. I don't believe in anything. You could tell me if I rub a fucking leprechaun semen across my forehead, I'll have great luck for 20 years. I would have done it. Like, I didn't do shit. So I laid down and I prayed every single day, every single day. And I'm not kidding you. Two weeks later, I woke up and it was as clear as day. It was just like, 
go to L.A., do acting. And I judged it immediately. I was like, hell no, nah, I hate L.A. I'm <laughs> L.A.? Are you kidding me? Like, my ego was just all intertwined with the uh, – vision that god had given me and uh, i was just like uh-uh not happening <laughs> acting please a high school dropout can do that why would i ever um and i just kind of went on about my day and went back to work and next thing you know it was just everywhere um you know like you see in the movies where you know the bus goes by and it says visit california and your closest <laughs> friend is like girl i'm packing this shit up and moving to la and i'm like why and then everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so funny. Have you ever thought about being an actor? And I'm like, no. And, you know, and it was just like it was everywhere. Like it really consumed me. And then I just was like, OK, you know what? Screw it. So two months after I had that uh, revelation, if you will, I did. I packed up, got in my car and drove from New York to L.A., Kicking and screaming because New York <laughs> is my favorite city. Yeah. And I really, truly didn't want to leave. And a lot of me was still like all right, I'll show you. This ain't it. Uh, Candace, hold down my ring control department in Harlem. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit, 10 years later, here I am in Hollywood. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just got in the car and was just like, fuck it. But I think it it was because it felt more like uh, the career chose me. I didn't really choose it. Right. Uh, I was very resistant towards it, but still moved towards it with um, – all of the ugh, energy and um, and I think I took a lot of the pressure off. Hmm, you, that's, know? Like, yeah. you take when you take the pressure off and you're like, all right, come on, let me let me come out here and kill this real quick. <laughs> it, it's all of a sudden your confidence follows you. Yeah. And it did. It just kind of followed me out here. And I was like, I just started listening to everyone's conversation and I was like, oh so Oh, so all y'all out here complaining. Cool, 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 cool. Oh, I could really win here. Like with my like Chicago upbringing, my military training, and my New York hustle, I'm about to run laps around you bitches. Like, hey, <laughs> and I was oh, and I was 28 years old. Wow. So to be 28, starting a brand new industry. A. B. 28, starting a brand new industry, being black. Mm. It wasn't a lot of opportunities before the hashtag Oscar so white. Right. Right. And and on top of that, I don't have a resume. I don't. I'm not in the union. I don't have reps. I had nothing to work with. I didn't even have any contacts in LA. Wow. Like so- just rock bottom. Here we go. Right. And I had two years of unemployment that I had to survive on to create a foundation in the industry. And I did. I focused on that. Okay, I got two years of getting this Uncle Sam money. Let me let me really build a strong foundation so that by the time that unemployment is up, I will be, you know, bringing in some form of income. Mm-hmm. Damn. And that income was background acting. Wow. That 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 is intense. Like everything about that w- was just uh, fantastic and inspiring. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I always kind of like talk about this though. I always feel like at some point in our lives, you are put on the path you're supposed to be on, whether you know it or not, you know, you get put on that yeah. path and it's the decisions that you make after you're shown that path as to whether you'll be successful or not. And I just, I love the attitude like, well, fuck it. This must be where I'm supposed to be going. So let me just go and hit it as hard as I I can. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it will haunt you. It will always haunt you. Like once you have that light bulb go off of like, 
oh my God, I'm really passionate about this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, our, our ego is designed to protect us, right? So the ego will come up with all the reasons as to why it wouldn't work out. Because the brain, the brain is not upgraded, right? You know, it's the same brain that protected men from saber-toothed tigers. It's not the brain 10.2. Like, it's not an <laughs> iPhone, right? right? So, like, the brain is not designed to make you happy. The brain is designed to keep you safe. Right. Period. And I feel like once people really understand that, that the brain is very traitorial, it will turn on you and all of your dreams because it's not designed to make you happy. It's solely designed to keep you safe. The fight or flight. So, it, you know, you sometimes you have to think about when you want to step out on something that you know you got that light bulb or you lit up when you saw someone do it or you just are natural instincts on being able to execute a certain gift or talent or intellect, whatever that may be. The brain is going to click in and come up with all the reasons for you not to do it because it's scary. And if you fail, it's going to hurt. So you have to treat your brain like a like an overprotective parent. And just say to yourself, thank you for your concern, but I got it. And that's my mantra to myself all the time. And that's just not that's not just with career. That's also in relationships because relationships are very scary, too. Um, that's when it's like going to the gym and anything that really requires you to have to level up and and, and the brain can't predict the future, mm -hmm. it wants to always go to the archive. And the archive is where all the cool, fun trauma tricks and shit is. So, like, you always have to just be mindful of your mind. And that, to me, is what I feel is the hardest job in the acting industry. Mm. You know, what, auditions, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, auditions are extremely challenging, right? But, like, you can get used to it after a while, and it's just a numbers game, right? You know, right. you collect enough no's until you get to your yes. Got it. Um, once you're on set, you got 150 people there to help you do your job. And they're going to shoot the same goddamn shot about 72 times. Yeah. All they need is one. They just need one take. So uh, anyone can really, like, kill it eventually. Um, <laughs> but it's really the hardest part is being mindful of your mind. You know, because a lot of people take themselves out the game or keep themselves from entering the game. And it's all in their own head. So, Oh, I love that. And how long did it take you to build up this mindset? Because, I mean, you headed out to L.A. and it is the entertainment mecca and it's built on rejection. So, I mean, did that come into play a little bit to where you were like, oh, shit, I made a mistake. Maybe I should go back. Or were you just like, no, fuck oh, no, it. I'm never. staying here. I'm going to yeah. hit the ground running and fuck it. For whatever sure. comes my way, I'm going. Yeah, uh, um, so many things you just said that I can unpack there. One, I don't call it reject. I don't call it rejection. Either I win or I learn. There period. you go. There you go. Um, so I don't ever feel rejected. Mm -hmm. It's not my script. And whoever wrote it, that's their baby, and they have a very specific ideas of what they desire. Go get it. Hell right? yeah. Like that's not a rejection to me. I, I can take away like, okay, well, uh, ask the casting writer for feedback if I actually cared about that role. Uh, you know what? Maybe if she like. Sometimes she swallows her words. Okay, cool. I'll practice that then. I'll make sure I really, um, you know, pronounce every fucking word. Right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so I don't like to refer to not booking it as mm -hmm. a rejection because at the end of the day, if you can get into a casting director's room or a casting director request to see your self-tape, you are one out of thousands of people that have submitted for that role because everyone all around the world has access to submit to auditions now because of 
self-tape submissions, mm-hmm. right? right? So you already won. You already won. Um, so that A. B, um, yeah, there's when it went like when you said the part of like, oh, this isn't working, I'm gonna pack up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, when you really have that like I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. Like mm-hmm. when you really have that energetic tie to a desire that is connected to a, a dream, a passion, um, there you can't be you can't be it can't be a plan B. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Not if you wanna live like a full life. Like it can't you don't have to make money off of it, but you can't ignore it. Right. You know what I mean? It could be a hobby or it could be a career, but it's not going anywhere. So for me, I just figured I'm just going to go all in. I've tried the hobby thing and it didn't work. And I did everything to avoid it and keep it in this hobby space. And I wasn't happy. So the only other option was to promote it up to career. And once you do that, there is no turning back. Not for me. Um, Third thing that you said around um, how did I get that mentality? Yes. Um, And, you know, I, 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 I am grateful and, and, and lucky enough to have received um, very sophisticated training from the military when it comes to processing fear. You know, they do not train us to have um, an M16 rifle in our hands slowly creeping towards danger just so when a motherfucker jumps out of the bush, you turn around and run. That's not, you know what I mean? We ain't trained to do that kind of shit, right? Um, We are literally trained if we sense fear, if we sense danger, you gotta go towards it. Right. Like, my brain, it's like, if I feel like I'm scared to do something, I'm like, God damn it, now I gotta go do it. Or like, (laughs) or like, I'll be sitting at like a a bar. Oh, you remember those days? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And like I see a, a cutie across the way, and then I'm like, oh, I should go say hi, seeing that he's only eye fucking me right now. Like I should just get up <laughs> and go say hi because I get it. I might be intimidating. I got my red lips on. I understand. So like, you know, I'm like, okay. And then once I feel that feeling of like, oof, uh, uh-uh. um, no, nah, what if, what if he turns me down? What if he has a girl? Um, you know what? And then once that fear kicks in, like I said, the ego will come up with anything to make you not do something scary. So then the ego will say, if he's a man, girl, he can come to you. This is 2020. (laughs) It'll try to like make you feel good about your fears. So then once I see all that happening, that's when I'm like, ah, shit, I'm scared of it. Now I gotta go do it. And I do, I get up and I go say something. So I actively practice it all the time. You know, Will Smith says it all the time. The, 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 you know, I think he stole the quote, but like uh, the only thing he fears is fear itself. Right. Yeah. You know, so um, that's, that's kind of the state of mind that I have always wanted to maintain because of the training I had in the military. I, I, I hold on to that as, 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 as hard as I can because, again, it's all fear-based. What takes people out of the game here in um, the acting industry, specifically in, in L.A., because this is the motherland of the entertainment industry. Right. So it is not built to be easy. It is not designed to keep you comfortable it's not designed to protect your feelings. Um, this is, is this is this is a real deal out here. So how one processes fear can take them so far. Like, have you seen that movie, um, Amy uh, Schumer's movie? I feel pretty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You see, like, what she was able to manifest Absolutely. by just walking in that space of fuck it. That's and everyone it. else is looking at her like, wait, but you're not supposed to be feeling this good about yourself. <laughs> right. Wait, what? 
She wasn't scared of anything. That's it. You know what I mean? It's that kind of mentality. Um, and then also when you're brand new, like I was at 28, something that my the first like acting uh, coach that I got here in Los Angeles, um, Leslie Kahn, she, you know, she, she was so clear to me. She just said she was like, dare to suck. Mm. Like, just dare to suck. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's really, it's really fun. Absolutely. To just suck at shit. You know what I mean? Like, stop trying to nail it. No, just go in there and fucking suck. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that, I, but you, you, it sounds like crazy advice, but it's absolutely great advice, right? And it's I think it, it just goes back to the mentality, though, that you said, like, at the top of the interview with, like, you know, the Clark Kent analogy, you put on the cape. I feel like once you put on the cape, you can't take it back off. You understand you that when you put on the cape, it, it's not—it's not supposed to be easy. But that's why you put on the cape, right? Like it's not supposed exactly. to be easy. Exactly. Let me tell you. Yeah, that cape—that cape is like when I open up my DMs now, and like everyone's like, "Oh my god, I love you." Step on my face, and I'm like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> fans are weird. I stand you, and I'm like googling what is stand, and then my friend is like, "You dumbass!" It's the Eminem song. I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm oh like, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it's the, the cape. Cape ain't easy. Once you put the cape on and That's you can't it. take it off and you start winning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. People start noticing. They point up at the sky and say, look at Superman. That's <laughs> you know it. what I mean? Um, or in this case, about- Superwoman, right? Because I yeah, want to talk about that too absolutely. because like you, like you said, you brought it up at the time that you really kind of got started in it. We hadn't seen all the changes. We hadn't seen the diversity pushes and the Me Too movement and, and, and the Oscar So White movement. So talk about that a little bit, the challenges of when you first got there and the stuff that you had to kind of go through. What was your approach to kind of overcome that? And have you seen significant changes uh, with, with the industry it, towards your career and um, how? How has that changed you? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, so for me, when I first came out here, yeah, I was slim picking. And it wasn't just auditions. It was also agents and managers willing to sign you, mm. you know. Um, and if it wasn't from a military background, I don't feel like they would have seen me as special, you know, because it was just kind of like, oh, she's pretty but mm. military. That's interesting. Like she can do her own stunts. Like, you know, it was like they had to find something outside of me to like qualify me. And I was just like, okay, but that's just to get signed so that somebody can submit you for auditions. Right. Right. So you still got to get someone to submit you. You can't just self-submit. I mean, you can on Actors Access and backstage um, and L.A. casting or or New York casting. There are platforms where you can self-submit, but you know, I I, w- I came in here ready to play. Like, I didn't want to spend too much time, you know, on student films and stuff like that. Like, it's great. It is great to do. But again, I only had two years of unemployment. I can't wait for some motherfucker to take eight to 20 months to edit so I can get my footage. And then the footage <laughs> don't even look right. And the sound is messed up. And now that's the only shit I got on my reel. Like, I didn't have to have that. Right. So I actually pay somebody to create my reel and they had an actual set that looked just like a TV set. They had TV lighting. They added the music. Um, They wrote the scripts for you. There was even somebody that would stand or sit in and you could shoot over their shoulders so they know that it's not just you um, and create your own reel. And it's literally called createyourreel.com. So I created my own reel and that's what I used to get reps. So now I have a, a rep, terrible rep. Um, and, but at least somebody was submitting me. So what I noticed was, yeah, there wasn't that many auditions for black women. And then when there were, I remember feeling like, shit, because it was always 
fair skin mm. black women. Mm-hmm. They wanted the Halle Berry's, not the Viola Davises. Right. So, you know, I was just like, oh, Lord, I guess I have to wait for that next slave role. Like, I was like, God damn, when are they going to call us in? Um, you know, but they just wanted the light skin, curly hair girls. And it used to sometimes bother me. And then I even noticed, just within my own culture, of course, right? So, like, and then I noticed, you know, you do go in on, like, a black TV show audition or a black film, um, black Hollywood is what they like to call it, which is fucking ridiculous. But Uh you'd go in and, you know, I would, like, wink at other dark-skinned girls and, like, we would just have this little inside thing with each other. Um, and, And then I realized, okay... I need to figure out how this situation is going to serve me because there is slim picking out here for us. And these light skin bitches are getting on my nerves. No, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so what I end up doing is dark skin women that were um, on television that people may not have known their names, like Aisha Hines, or who is now on Fox 911, but again, this was like eight years ago. Right. Um, or um, Yanni King, or Emiazzi, or Gabrielle Dennis, or Tania Frederick. I can keep going, right? It was all these dark-skinned, beautiful women that were booking. They were getting a lot of guest stars, recurrings here and there, um, a couple of them series regular, but nobody knew their name. Right. So I went online, and I found a bunch of pictures of each one of these actresses and I created a grid of all of their faces and I made that my screensaver on my cell phone. Mm. So I actually used the women that most actors and most actresses would see as their competition. I used those women as uh, my inspiration and I would just look, I would look at it on my phone and I would just, you know, say to myself, like, I'm going to get a seat at this table. I'm going to get a seat at the table with these women, you know, because they, they've cracked the wall within my own culture, let alone mainstream Hollywood, right? So um, I would end up finding myself sitting in the waiting room next to the girls that were on my screensaver, and I didn't care. I showed them. I was like, look, you are my screensaver. So I don't <laughs> you know. Like, you were part of the process that manifested me here. And then they would get up and leave, but it doesn't matter. I still was able to share. Um, <laughs> That moment, I mean, they've blocked me on all platforms, but um, <laughs> that wasn't the point of me making the grit. Right. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a friend, bitch. Like, I'm just trying to give you clout, but like, you don't want it. It's like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you ain't got to call the cops. It ain't that serious. Uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, bitch. So, anyway, um, so that was the first, that was, like, the first step for me is, being inspired and finding my 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 grounding within my own culture, mm. you know what I mean, within the group of black women that would show up in the room, and then later, yeah, Oscar So White came out and and things exploded and everybody was racing around like, oh my god, we need some black people. Where are they? Where are they? What's their names? We only know six, and <laughs> and then <laughs> you know, so then um. So then I was standing there like, I'm ready. Um, and uh, I started auditioning way more um, at that time. And uh, my side jobs helped me out a lot. Yeah. Because I did extra work for five years. And I was always taught it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're being while you're doing it. You know, you could be a bartender, but, you know, if Tom Cruise is the bartender, he's going to be the best bartender in the spot. Right. So for me, even though I was an extra, 
I saw people walking around on set like zombies, like I'm just a background artist. And instead for me, I told myself, no, this is a paid internship. So I would show up every day and I would have that mentality. I'm a paid intern. So I would be standing right by Video Village watching. I made uh, one of the series regulars, my mentor, and like he would help me out here and there. And then um, and then. I would take the call sheet home and I would look on there and I would find all the people on the creative team on Instagram and I would like and comment and like and sometimes comment and like, 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 like. So that by the time, let's say Anthony Hemingway, who was a director on the show I was an extra on for a year, CSI New York, he called me. Well, the casting office had me come in to audition for a couple of episodes of Speaking Lines on Shameless. And I was like, wait a minute, Scott Marshall. Like, I've read you before, right? Like I've worked with you before. And I was like, uh-uh, no, um, <laughs> he had no idea that I didn't like the last 20 fucking pictures. Of <laughs> but it didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter how he knows my name. Right. Um, I started using Instagram as my networking platform because I didn't have access to get into the parties. And till today, Instagram has been the strongest platform for networking with people that are a part of the creative team from the casting assistants, associates, casting directors, to writers, to producers, to directors, um, studio executives, the strongest platform for me with keeping and maintaining relationships because that's the second outside of your mentality, number one. Number two is maintaining relationships and not in an opportunistic way, like genuinely finding people in the industry who you admire and whose work that you that you're a fan of and you actually want to be a part of their um, network community. Um, Like there still has to be authenticity involved in that connection. Otherwise, they'll see right through it. That's been the second most um, effective thing in maintaining my career and creating my career. Uh, is that. And I would say about 80% of the credits that I have in television and film have all been because of relationships. Mm, damn. Wow. I mean, I, I, I just thoroughly love the approach. I mean, the understanding and the strong mental game that you bring to it is why I think that you've been able to be so successful. I, I mean, I, I understanding because I think that there are a lot of people like you brought up who somehow think that being a background actor or being a PA or, or whatever the case may be on the set is beneath them or not good enough. And it's like if you are on that set, it is a chance to learn everything you can possibly learn, soak in everything you can soak in, meet whoever you can meet. I mean, there is no bad time to be on a set no matter what you're doing absolutely but even outside of set when i decided like oh i'm done with uh extra work i went from there and graduated to catering i was very proud of that there you go then i became i became a caterer so then again it's not about what you're doing it's about who you're being while you're doing it so i had you have to trick yourself so i told myself that i was um a a a spy who (laughs) uh who will go to these parties and pose as a caterer so that I can meet the who's who's. So, of course, that made it real fun getting dressed to go because I wasn't like in a white button up and tie like they had us wearing black dresses. There you go. Because they always wanted us to blend in with the guest. So I was like, OK, great. Boom. And I end up meeting. I was I was because I knew I couldn't get into any of these parties. So I was like, fuck it, catering. Boom. So then. Um, I was working at this Warner Brothers event and I was walking around just like you would see like a spy on 007, but except I had a tray of mushroom griddle cakes on my and I'm just kind of like walking around and I'm listening to everyone's conversation. 
And then I keep hearing everybody congratulating this one director named David Nutter. And I run to the kitchen and I Google him. And I was like, oh, shit. Like he's they know him as the pilot whisperer because he had like the most pilots that went to series and became very successful. Um, so I was like, OK, awesome. So I went and like chatted with him and he was cracking up laughing at me. And from that connection is how I got my first network credit, which was The Mentalist. And that same uh, director, David Nutter, then uh, the following pilot season put me in a CBS pilot. I had no agent. I had wow. no agent. Wow. So that was one of the things I also have to really uh, drive in with people is you think you know how to get it done in Hollywood. There is no formula. There literally is no formula to how to get it done. If I thought that me tray passing some mushroom griddle cakes as a caterer was going to get me my first network cro- uh, uh, network credit and pilot right what <laughs> if someone would have told me that like okay bitch look if you want to be successful you got to be a caterer like i would have been like girl bye i got a degree and i serve this country i ain't doing that shit <laughs> you can kill yourself i'm about to go sell this ass in beverly hills so uh <laughs> Um, so yeah, there really isn't a formula. You just have to, once you learn to trust yourself, um, you know, if you can just get out of your own way and put your pride and ego to the side, you would just be surprised where it leads you to. Um, and again, the mentality around it. Oh, and just to button up that last uh, question before that you had about what is it like now, um, as far as, uh, opportunity for for black actors and my experience in it mm-hmm. it's amazing like i said like there's tons of opportunity everyone sees it it's all over the place like right. people are getting swapped out like i almost jumped off my rooftop when i saw that batwoman is now a black girl yes TV. right and she's, and she's chocolate i almost passed out you know what i mean <laughs> and they redesigned the whole costume and hair and everything for her i mean it was fantastic Bat women got booty and, and childbearing <laughs> hips that's it. You know what I mean? Well, I loved it because you, did you see the statement she made? She said she went in there and she told them that, I, you know, we always see Batwoman in the shadows. and But I want young girls to know that when that shadow creeps up, it's a black woman in that oh, shadow, no. you know, and and they listen to her. So Absolutely. You can see her ass from the front. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of Batwoman I want to get behind. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's Literally. talk about it. You're you're in the in the Arrowverse. You're in Berlanti's world of CW. Yeah. You know, mega hits. Two of them actually uh, uh, on S- Adventures of Sabrina and Black Lightning. Talk about that a little bit because two huge shows with two huge fan bases. And I mean, the Arrowverse. Uh, you know, and actually bringing Black Lightning into that and adding that addition to it was just right. a phenomenal move. I think. Uh, talk about that and that experience for a little bit. Oh my gosh, yeah, Black Lightning. Um was my first recurring role. And, um, you know, as, as an actor, you really have to learn when it's time to graduate yourself because nobody is going to graduate you but you. Meaning, right. if you're doing extra work, great. Know when to stop because you can stay doing extra work for a long time because the money comes in and it's very easy to do extra work. You have to really stop yourself and say, no, don't pay me any more money. I'm done being an extra. I'm going to now go get some speaking roles. So then you start getting co-star, which is like, you know, um, a line or two maybe. Right. And then next, you know, you have to say no more co-star roles. I got that. That's what I had on like Dexter. Right. So then next it's like, okay, I want to only do guest star roles. So now you're collecting a bunch of guest star roles and that's gems. That's gold right there for casting directors. If you have guest star roles. And then it got to the point where I was just like, okay, I, 
am not done with guest star, but I only want you guys to focus on recurring roles. And that was harder because it is. It's very hard to actually get what you want sometimes. But if you stay focused, yes, I'm going to have less auditions because I'm telling all those other roles to go take a break for a minute. I'm only focusing and waiting on uh, recurring roles right now. Yes, I am putting a lot at stake. But if you believe in yourself, you just have to be patient. And the hard part is the patience. It's not the, cra- the craft. That's, that's easy. You just got to show up. Anyway, so the recurring opportunity came up for Black Lightning. At the time, I was film- filming a top of show guest star at NCIS. And I remember asking them, I was like, oh, my God, you guys, I have this uh, producer session um, for uh, Black Lightning. Now, the creators of Black Lightning, Myra Brock Akil and Salim Akil, I auditioned for, th- for them for the game. Mm. Four and a half, five years prior, Damn. and I didn't have any credits, and she remembered me from then. So that's another thing I think when a lot of people forget that the seeds you plant are just as important as the bookings. Yes. Because you just have to hold on, and, and if, if you can make it to them at a producer session or a test, they don't forget you. You just beat out thousands of women. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I'm at NCIS and I was like, okay, okay, okay. When's my lunch break? Okay, shit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So then I asked the I asked the woman, um, um, the the uh, AD. I was like, look, I gotta run and do this producer session at Warner Brothers. Um, how can I pull this off? So then she was like, oof, to the valley. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> she was like, uh, can you afford a helicopter? Right. I'm like, and then I was like, okay, um, let me think, let me think. Let me see if I know anybody with a motorcycle. Like, who can, like, come get me? Zing, zing, zing. Go get this done. Come back. I'm like, nope. Okay, cool. Damn, who has an ambulance truck? Like, I literally was, <laughs> like, going through the Rolodex. <laughs> um, and by the grace of God, I ended up rapping, like, 30 minutes before my producer session. Oh, okay. So, I'm not kidding. I'm literally speeding to get to um, this producer session, I am wiping the uh, um, homeless uh, female <laughs> veteran makeup off oh, shit. and putting on Kara Saudi makeup, the sexy vice principal <sighs> of uh, Black Lightning. That's right. Says I'm taking the homeless face off in the car <laughs> on the uh, 101. Uh, and then applying uh, a beat glam face, I had to park and swap wigs in the car um and then as i put the dress on and go running into the building i had to get the security guard to zip my dress up so the whole ass and shit was out i didn't care um so the security guard couldn't wait he zipped it up i went in and i was so flustered the only thing i could think in my mind in that moment was Dare to suck. I dare you. And I'm like, <laughs> bet, go. bitch. I'll go ahead and suck because I'm tired anyway. So I went in there and I just made Miss Saudi me. I was just – actually, I'm, I take that back. I was auditioning for Lynn. Mm. Oh, okay. The mother. Yeah. Uh, I mean the wife of Black Lightning. I was auditioning for the wife of Black Lightning. And I went in there and because I just was like myself and just kind of doing me um, – that's when Myra was like, ooh, I don't know, maybe she's Miss Fowdy. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I got that and went off to Atlanta. And, you know, being able to start a series with uh, 
with with everybody. Being able to be in episode 101, right. there's nothing more electrifying than that because I was only used to guest stars, which means I would be the one who showed up, the new kid in school and shit, while yeah, everybody yeah. else knew each other and sat together at lunch. You know, it's kind of weird. And then you know you're leaving, so no one really gets attached or asked for your, like, Instagram. Um, so, except for Milo and This Is Us, I did one guest star, and he asked for my Instagram and followed me on Instagram. And I felt really good about that. Milo, so, yeah. He, he's just submitting that nicest Milo, guy man. in Hollywood shit, right? <laughs> because I know he doesn't do that to all the guest stars. And he, don't, he doesn't like anything either, but I know he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's looking because I sat and holding with him on set, and I see him on Instagram. And I know he's looking, and I and I just want to say hi. Um, <laughs> so uh, yes, anyway, so um, yeah, it's just amazing to start a series with everybody. You create this family, and the beautiful thing about it, two amazing things about it, is we're playing make believe as a as comic book characters. Right? Like, what? It's not like we're doing some heavy shit like Big Little Lies. Like, oh my god, we get to just like. Pew, 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 and, and, and and be in front of green screen, right? Like, and, 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 and second, okay, there's three really good things. Second, all of Greg Berlanti's shows film in Vancouver for the most part. Right. Celine McKeel had to stand up to CW and say, I can't shoot this in Vancouver. There is no black people in Vancouver. This is black lightning. I need black extras. I need my crew to be diversified. Um, I need black one-day guest stars and co-stars. Um, and it's just going to break the bank if you, try, if you try to fly all of that up. It just doesn't make sense. Like, we need to film in Atlanta. So that's the only show of Greg Berlanti's that is in Atlanta. Yep. So I'm really proud that Celine stood up for the show so that he can create the world that Black Lightning's designed to be. And three, I love, one of the things I love the most about the show Black Lightning is that very, you know, from the very beginning, it focused on the real villains in the world. It wasn't all like costume creatures. It was, you know, the drug lords and high school shootings and sex traffickers and um, police brutality, like the real villains in our community. That's it. Uh, When... When Flash isn't coming down to save us, when Black Light, I mean, uh, Batman's not coming down to save us, we have to save ourselves from the villains within our own streets, you know, and I thought that that was very um, brave of CW to just give Celine that freedom to really write a show that speaks like us. Like I even cover my mouth when like the Tobias, the bad guy is like saying to the black dude, like, you know, you big lip chicken eating. Mu-. I'm like, oh, oh, God, turn the channel, turn the channel, CW. All the lawyers are already getting there the car. Oh, the show ain't going to come back next season. You know, like, and then it just keeps coming back. And, and you know, it's just, and, and people were on Twitter saying Black Lightning is so black. The only way that it can get more black is if the show started late. <laughs> <laughs> if the show started six minutes late or something, you said, it would have had me laughing so hard. Um, so, yeah, Black Lightning, incredible. And once you get a recurring role, now everybody's like, okay. She can handle a series. Right. She can handle, like, carrying a character. So then I stayed in that space of, like, okay, let's get, let's get, some, let's get some more recurrings. And right after that, uh, it was uh, recurring on 
it got serious again. So I did the fix on ABC, which uh-huh. was still fun. Uh, I got to do my like little Olivia Pope moment. And then, um, and then I had a pilot with ABC. And then after that, it was Sabrina. And I think the most insane thing for me on Sabrina is the fact that when I did watch Sabrina, I was obsessed with the character Zelda. I thought she was absolutely beautiful, played by Miranda Otto. Right. Um, and I just thought that she was like had me cracking up all the time. So that was one of the okay because as you like I um, like I said Black Lightning I was able to create that world with them from the beginning, but but watching a comic book series and like the world as you know it just it's not real right it's like right it, there's magic and there's effects that we all sit down and believe as we're suspended in this fantasy world with them so for me to like cross that line of like the real world into the Sabrina world and like actually walk on their sets as a fan of the show. Right. It blew my mind. It (laughs) blew my mind. Like showing up to the table read on day one and everyone's there. And it's like, it was like being in cheer camp. Like they were all like (laughs) really like, it was a lot of energy. Um, you know, cause they were a hit show. Yeah. So when you walk into season two of a hit show, um, the energy is just super high and everyone's just ready to go. And then I, I read the scripts and, and, um, that, that day one table read, I went up to Miranda Otto, the only person I went up to. And I was like, um, can you sign my script for me? And she, like, <laughs> she looked at me like this, you're on the show. And I was just like, you know, and she signed it for me and I was like, thank you. And walked away. And then, um, by episode eight, I get the script and it says that I make out with Miranda Otto. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, see, this is the problem with Hollywood. They just won't let you have a Hollywood crush. They will literally, <laughs> they like, will literally no. oh, here we go. Um, so, yeah, so every time we kiss and they say cut. Her face looked like she dipped it in a bowl of Nutella, and I looked like I dipped mine in a bowl of cocaine. <laughs> we would just get our makeup. Our makeup would just transfer every time, and I'd be so embarrassed because her whole face looked like she got punched by, uh, by Mike Tyson. Um, but so that was like a crazy experience for me, being able to like walk into a world that I already loved, right. and then like having an opportunity to actually like make out with the character that you like. like what? You know, like, because I still was a fangirl um, of Sabrina every day that I was on the set. Like, I don't think I ever, like, really let it really process um, until the show was canceled. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, And Roberto called me and told me personally, and that just goes to show what kind of human he is, you know. Um, And, and yeah, so uh, part four will drop uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st, and that is the final season of Sabrina, and I'm really excited about that, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole bunch of fans with that one. Um, Oh, yeah. Something else we've been trying on the podcast, and I think you're Hmm. just going to have a great time with this one. (laughs) Um, What do you think is the most embarrassing moment you had either on set or on stage that you are proud of now that you can just tell and laugh about? The most embarrassing on set or on stage? Um... Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I would have to say, yeah, there was a moment on uh, Black Lightning 
And I was like, I had a lot of um, anxiety Mm -hmm. because because I had to have my very first um, kiss on set. Now, here's the gag. It never fucking aired. So I went through all of that for nothing. And I'm like really nervous and I'm like sweating and Black Lightning um, uh, played by Cress Williams comes up to me and he's just like make sure you eat some mints and walks away like everybody <laughs> was in on like increasing my anxiety because they all knew it was my first kiss um even the cameraman he was like so we're gonna get really tight like the lens is gonna kind of kind of touch your your ear a little bit and i was like the lens never comes that close like, <laughs> like they were really like fuck with me so i was very nervous and i was just like um i was like just sitting i literally googled how to kiss on set like I've never kissed a man before so anyway so I'm getting ready and I'm like I got this like I'm I'm pumped I'm like this ain't shit like let me go do this I've kissed (laughs) men like this is my jam so then I get on set and as they were um you know it's very quiet on set right before they say action right and right when they say action I, I let out a fart. Like, I, I think I relaxed. <laughs> I think I relaxed myself too much. And I have some ginger tea. So, like, I think I relaxed myself too much. And now the room is completely silent. And it was just like, <laughs> right before having to kiss someone. So then, of course, I was like, cut. Like, I had to say cut. And, and only the director says cut. And everyone fell out and like laughed in that moment. And I and I said and I was just like, I'm leaving and I just walk off set and I was just so mortified by it. Um and that I would say is the most embarrassing time. Um absolutely that definitely trumps all of the other very strange moments. But yeah. you have survived. You, you, you have, have moved survived. on. You have passed it. So it's good. I have, but now I have PTSD and I can't find <laughs> anybody. That's it. I, I said passed it. In no my point. car or at home. <laughs> That's fantastic. I at home, love in that. the bed, under the blankets. Like I need to make sure the neighbor doesn't hear. Like, it's very, I, I think there's like therapy for it. I just right. haven't signed up, but. The real question is, is if you ever have to come across that actor again in another uh, in another show or another film or I something. I don't even follow him on Instagram. <laughs> it's like that. It's like and that. And he's Black Lightning. Oh, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Too yeah, funny. Yeah, terrible. Oh, my terrible. goodness. Okay, okay. And then we have to ask because that we, we were talking before we started recording, and I just think this is an interesting story that I'm sure so, – because so many people have this issue with SAG and all these different things about you need to change your name because we already got one of the this person or that person tell us the story behind the p because i thought it was pretty entertaining sky p oh. marshall <laughs> uh, why did you drop the p in there well no i you know i had to put the p in there because you know everybody's like "Ooh, sky marshall sky marshall like do you work on planes i'm like shut the fuck up like i was in i was in the air force with that name so i've already heard all the jokes but everybody thought they were the first to tell it so like it became so annoying and like and like also the name I it existed way before 9-11. That's like, it. I was in the military. I enlisted in the military a year before 9-11. So it wasn't funny. And then 9-11 happened and everybody was like, oh, Sky Marshall. So then for me, I didn't want to bring that energy into Hollywood. <laughs> uh, so then I was like, you know what? 
Let me go ahead and put my middle initial in there. I'm going to go ahead and sprinkle that P in the middle. And then everybody's like, Skype. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You know, because it wasn't FaceTime yet. So when Skype came out, everybody's phone would do the typo when they would try to put Skype P in Skype. And I'd be like, I really can't win. Like, this is some bullshit. Like, what the hell? This is really some bullshit. So, yeah, no, I didn't choose the name for Hollywood. I had that name since 1999. Um, I was not born with that name, which is true. Uh, the name that I did have, which I will not repeat, because uh, I can't stand the name, it was very challenging for um, people to pronounce, and I'll just be straight up, white people to pronounce. And I saw something online today that actually brought that up because uh, I guess some some Republican dude or whatever was like making jokes, saying Kamala, 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 and I was like, come on, you know how to say her fucking name. Right, it's that's Kamala. it. Kamala, comma, like the punctuation, La. And I was like, why does this frustrate me that people are calling her Kamala or Kamala? I was like, oh, I know why. It's triggering for me because people didn't didn't just try to go out of their way to pronounce my name properly. Mm. Um, and that's when I was like, I'm just going to make it easy on myself and easy for everybody else. And my nickname was Sky. There you go. So I just decided before I went to college, you know, when you go to college, you're like starting a brand new life. So I was like, I'm going to go to college and I'm just going to start as Sky. And I had my name legally changed. My mom didn't care because my name didn't have any attachment to like the family or anything. Um, so my mom was like, yeah, do whatever you want. It's your name. So I was like, cool. And I did. And then, um, yeah, that was in 99. And then 2001 happened. And I was like, what a stupid fucking name I chose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say and it all manager, worked out pretty well. Thinks, my manager thinks she's so slick because every time I do a TV show, she wants to, she sends them my contract just saying Sky Marshall. And I was like, bitch, if you don't put the feedback in there, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> she's like, but Sky Marshall just sounds so beautiful, Scabber. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so, yeah. so freaking good. So good. But um, <laughs> this, uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on in, Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Uh, but what we like to do before yeah, we let you awesome. go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what we like to do before we let you go is because uh, this podcast is to help up-and-comers break into the entertainment industry and i mean you sprinkled advice all throughout the whole interview but what would you say would be your main piece of advice that you would give the up-and-comers try to break into the industry and what would you say is your to the pitfall to try to avoid oh very good questions mm -hmm. um the first one i always say especially as an artist but just as a entrepreneur as well because you are your own boss uh when it comes to your craft as an actor you have to be visionary meaning have a vision for what it is that you want to accomplish right now right so for instance i remember when i started as a new actor i just wanted a job just give me a job i had stuff on my special skills that didn't have shit to do with acting. I could cook. Uh, my ironing skills are real good and putting creases in the jeans. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I had uh, everything on there, right? Um, I took all the photos. I had the, the procedural drama headshot. I had the uh, the wife photo. I had the mistress photo. I had the athlete photo. I had the fist photo, right? And people, your reps will tell you to do that because they don't know who you are. Right. So if you know who you are and you know what your strengths are, focus on that. So it took a, it took I wasted so much time until I realized, wait a minute, 
I'm a badass. Like, and, and if you don't know what your lane is, sit up front of like a group of people that you barely know and just ask them to start just spitting things out at you about who they think you are mm. and sit there and actually write it down, write it down, write it down, write all that down. That's who every, when you walk into a casting room, that's who they think you are too. So make it very specific. I had to get all that shit off of my resume, throw a lot of money away from photos that I didn't use. And I was like, no, I am a strong, sassy, educated black woman who will kick your ass. So my special <laughs> skills only said, you know, trained in semi-automatic rifles, handguns, um, uh, fight choreography. Uh, I only put the special skills, that, uh, special skills that supported who that person was. And I only took photos that supported what that, that character breakdown is. And the second I, sh- I brought it all together and was so specific about who I was, that's when I started booking because it was very clear, that's the girl for this role. Mm. And it was what I wanted to do anyway. I didn't want to be the mom ill. So, um, so once you identify that, that's key within yourself. Then you build a vision board, right? And on that vision board, you literally put up there what you want to accomplish. Now, these are all just little little nitbits to the meat. The meat is, to answer your question, is the number one advice that I would give is, I do not care what's on your vision board. If your deserving feelings don't match it, you will not manifest it. Mm. So if you build a vision board like I did, and it says series regular on network television, um, this man in my life with this house, boom, uh, making this amount of money a year. Wow. Vision is up on the wall. And then I would go lay down to go to sleep. And that little voice would say to me, bitch, you ain't even got an agent. Uh. <laughs> you ain't even sag. Right. You gonna, so you're going to be serious regular. All right. You know, like my deserving feelings didn't match what was on the board. And then what a lot of people will think is, you know, that positive toxicity shit when you're like, be positive, be positive, be positive. No, 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 no. That little voice is actually telling you what your to-do list is, right? So I'd be like, okay, cool. Let me go get an let me go get an agent. Okay, I got an agent. Let me look at the board. Oof, I still don't feel it. All right, what else? Sad? Cool. Let me go get sad. Okay, look at the board. Ooh, I don't know. It's kind of getting better. Let me get some credits. Cool. I'll go get some credits. Come back. If I look at my vision board today, I look at it and I'm like, hell yeah, this is happening. <laughs> I sure hope I like the fucking role I get to play. I hope I like her. I could take a villain, but whatever. I'm open. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just look at it. And like, even when I look at the houses on my vision board, I was like, do I want it in Studio City or in the hills? Shit, the hills, earthquakes, can't do it. I don't know. Let me think about it. <laughs> right? Like, but my deserving feelings are all in. I know I deserve everything that's on that board. How it manifests is none of my business. But if you create a vision board or you have a vision and you don't feel like you deserve it, it's just not going to manifest. Right. It's not real. So, so listen to that voice. Don't judge yourself. Listen to that voice. Be able to tell the difference between like, toxic information that your brain is giving you like if it's trying to just like put you down then that's bullshit but if it's like well you ain't even got this or you need to have this or maybe get this then go get it and then and then check back in so your deserving feelings really matter they really matter it's not an external validation that is going to make you feel like you deserve it the casting director telling you that you booked it isn't going to make you feel like you deserve it because i've still seen people get to get on set and they don't feel like they deserve to be there mm. and they sabotage it by getting drunk the night before mm. oh. or they sabotage it by um um not memorizing their lines properly or 
or they can't, they have no emotional range when they show up the day that they need to cry because they don't even feel like they deserve to be there. Right. So, so that's key. Um, again, a lot of the, the hardest part about being an actor is the inside work. It is an inside job um, because when they hire you, they are literally renting your emotional baggage. <laughs> They're renting your, uh, your trauma. <laughs> they are renting your body. So, you know, you got to think about what you eat and how you eat. And if you do work out or if you're like a character actor and, and that's your jam, then stick to that. Get the pizzas. Like, but like they're renting, <laughs> they're renting all of that stuff all of that from us. And that's why we get paid what we get paid. Right. Right. So, um, it's, this is an inside job. You got to really get in there mentally and, and throughout the body. And then, um, and then the, the one that I would say would take you out the game. Um, if you keep quitting, mm. You know, a lot yeah. of people would quit on themselves a lot. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Bali for three months. Okay, bitch, bye. Like, what you don't, what you won't do, the other chick will. Like, exactly. move, move, get out of the line then, go. You know, because L.A., every month, a bus of every small town's head cheerleader star quarterback shows up. Yep. You know, and people wonder why the homeless population is so high in L.A. Because just like when you watch you know, American Idol and somebody is like cracking all the notes and they're terrible and they trash. And then the judges have to tell them, like, can you hear yourself? And then they say, like, <laughs> yes, I can sing. And you know why? That's because all their family and friends and Omaha, Nebraska told them that they could sing. So then they packed up their bags and come to L.A. And that's what we get. We get a lot of small town people that come out here. And then what happens? They're not built for this. Mm -hmm. L.A. is not a game. If New York was a river where you could just kind of jump in and just go with the flow of the city because it's so fast paced and so like, you know, extravagant. L.A. is a pond. If you do not move, you will be in the same spot that you were a year ago. Mm -hmm. Like you have to do the work. So L.A. is not designed to be easy but it is designed to be cracked there are cast there are cracks in the castle wall here and the way that you find them is through relationships but what happens a lot of young people come out here they don't have a plan and they end up choosing routes that seem fast and easy whether it be drugs sex uh partying all the time uh, and they start getting money from home money from home money from home and then that ends up getting cut out and then they end up on the street. Right. And it's really sad when you go through certain neighborhoods and you see a lot of young people on the street here. Like L.A. has the highest population between 18 and 25 of homeless people. And it's heartbreaking. Um, so I would always say if you decide that this is what you're going to do, have a plan. And the plan doesn't have to be a five year plan. Just decide what it is that you want to accomplish by the end of the year. And I'm not talking about you have to be in L.A. I'm just talking about as far as your plan as an actor. If it is by the end of this year, I'm going to be SAG. You better find a way. That was my thing. I was like, I was like, I'm going to be SAG. And then what happened? Everybody's like, OK, well, I mean, you can do extra work and they'll give you some vouchers. And if you collect three vouchers, I was like, uh-uh, bitch, next. Uh, and then it was like, oh, well, then there's this Taff Harley if uh, – you know, you uh, they book you for a SAG role, but if you're non-union and you are like special, they will tap Harley and you can get in a SAG. I was like, hell no, that's still giving somebody too much decision. So, okay, what's next? And like, and and everybody was like telling me, and I was like, no, no, no. So I went online, I went on SAG's website, and I clicked on new media contracts, 
And it was like, okay, uh, shoot a web series, okay. And if there's one person that is SAG, it's considered SAG, which would then tap Hartley me. I'm going to go create a web series. And guess what? That web series was shot on my broken-ass iPhone. And guess what I did? <laughs> stared at the, I stared at the camera and didn't say one word. There you go. Because it doesn't have to be good. It, it just, just has to be shot. Because <laughs> the I goal was the, the SAG camera. card, right? I stared at the camera for eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> cliffhanger i blinked and that was it um and then i was sag so there are so many cracks in the castle wall you just have to be resourceful enough to go find them love that not giving everybody your power that's it but what happens if they give everybody their power no one's giving it back to them because they don't know who the hell you are and then people quit and they go home hmm. so just don't quit on yourself don't quit on your dreams be resourceful don't don't do the obvious choices that has got to be the most real advice like I mean fantastic because I think people <laughs> need to hear that they need to hear how tough it is but they need to also know that it is possible if you don't give up and uh, you know really much respect for the whole deserving part of it because I, I I do feel like your mental game has to be strong and if you don't love yourself or think that you're deserving of the things that you want then you're right you're never going to get them so great to hear somebody say that to the, all the up-and-comers because they need to hear that man what yeah. what a real interview this was just I mean this was so much fun you were an absolute really? gem to talk you. to <laughs> I mean you well. yeah seriously th- this has just been fantastic open invite obviously whenever you want to come back on just shoot the shit or if you got something to promote or just whatever you know the weed thing works out you want to come talk about it you know maybe you got your own brand i don't know you know that's right you know. we're gonna get it we're gonna get it seriously though open invite more than welcome anytime you want to come back on and we're just so happy you came on to chat with us and we really appreciate it really appreciate you too justin thank you so much for having me you bet take care now we'll be in touch soon bye all right Bye. Bye-bye. So good, man. So good. I mean, she is definitely blunt and to the point. Like, I mean, sometimes that's what you need, though. No that, pun intended. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, sometimes that is literally what you need. Like, you don't need somebody to hold your hand. If you want to do it, go out and fucking do it. It's absolutely right. And, and don't do that if it doesn't work, I'm leaving. Yeah. Once you commit, you commit, and you got to go for it. You exactly. know, Because cause you, you and I have talked about this all the time, and Sky just reinforced it. If you don't, there is somebody right there to take your place that will. Exactly. So you got to keep doing it. But man, exactly. woo! so good, man. So good. Thank you again, Sky P. Marshall, for coming <laughs> on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment, guys. Of course, you know, brought to you by our producer, Jason. Man, oh man. Uh, this one takes me back because uh, a lot of stoner flicks come to mind when it comes to <laughs> movie spoofs. Oh man, there's a lot of different ones too. No, yeah, and it uh, very reminiscent for me too because I may or may not have been high through most of mine. Most of yours. I, uh, and or drunk. I mean, but they were so fun to watch. Yeah, like, <laughs> they were wild. Spaceballs specifically. Yeah. Woo, yes. how I even remember the movie, I don't know, but it was very entertaining. <laughs> Let's get into spoof movies, guys, spoof movies. Yes. Uh, this is going to be fun. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, my number five is Sausage Party. Uh, most recently, <laughs> probably about three years ago, Seth Best Rogen's ever. fucking uh, adaptation of all this, like, basically grocery store items who come to life when people leave and fucking it's really weird towards the end like all the fucking food is having sex with each other like 
you know, hot dogs and buns and like just it's really freaking crazy. It is. If you are like under the influence and watching like the ending sequence, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's be basically prepared. an obscene spoof. Of Toy Story with yeah, food, exactly. Like <laughs> that's really the best is. way to describe it, right? That like I, I mean, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> be prepared if you go watch it after this. Be prepared. <sighs> My number five scary movie. Yeah, the best spoof of all the scary movies. Like that's the thing. Like Scream is a spoof of scary movies. Yeah. Right. But then Scary Movie is a spoof of Scream scream spoofing Scary Movies. So I just thought that was brilliant. Let's spoof a spoof of Scary Movies. And building a whole franchise off of it. Yeah. It's like what? Seven or eight or something crazy? I think so. Yeah. And it's just – it's another one where it's better. Yeah, right. (laughs) Under the influence. I think all of these are though. I agree. Not that we're like – condoning any of that you do you yes watch them however you want to (laughs) just saying i'm more mellow now yeah i may get there with wine now young frankenstein you know any of these we'll get there we'll get but with wine instead of any of the other stuff exactly who knows who knows but yeah i think i know anna ferris mostly from the scary yeah exactly it kind of resurged her career really like and then you know mom yeah Exactly. Just scary movie led to mom. It really did. It did. Agreed. Uh, my number four goes to the Zombieland franchise, <laughs> basically making fun of everything zombie ever. Yes. Uh, it's so great. I mean, basically, like, the steps, how to kill zombies, what you need to survive, and, I mean, uh, Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone and what's-his-face who played Lex Luthor uh, there. Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Uh, it's such a great cast. So... Those three, when they get in their comedic space, even though they're also really brilliant drama actors, but when they get in their comedic space together, it's just great to watch. It is. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie, and uh, I agree. Good choice. Good choice. Did you see the second one? I have not seen the second one. It's pretty one. good, too. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Lives gi- up to the first one. Guilty. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I need to, though. Yeah. I need to, though. My number four, yeah, baby, <laughs> Austin Powers, the best spoof of James Bond ever. Ever. Yeah, Shag brought back Shag, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many good things. Fat bastard, like, it just, like, I love gold member with oh Beyonce. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, just, you know, it's so good. All of them are just so good. I just all of them, but Fat Bastard is just get in my belly. Mike Myers absolutely slayed it in these. All of them, they're all hilarious. So Austin Powers, the series is my number four. So like, because all of them are epic. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Number three for me is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Man, oh man, John C. Riley. I mean, he's so good either way you go, like comedic route or very dramatic route. It's true. And I mean, just so many other great people attached to this thing. Uh, Gina Fisher, I mean, she's great. And I mean, every time that it's basically a parody of Walk the Line. Yeah. I mean, I love Johnny Cash, don't get me wrong, but that man was very serious. He uh, was we, very serious. He was the man in black, so you need to joke around a little bit. But yeah, Walk Hard, if you guys haven't seen that one, it's pretty damn good as well. Yes, it is. Agreed. And yeah, he took the, like, you know, not, he wasn't a fun drunk. No, he was no, not. No, he was pretty, like, yeah. But, you know, 
He got better. Yeah. So good. Takes time. Takes time. <laughs> Thank you, June. Yeah. Thank you, June. Exactly. Uh, my number three, the Star Wars spoof to end all Star Wars spoofs, Spaceballs. Hell yeah. The Schwartz is with you. Oh, my God. John Candy, just yeah. like Bill Pullman, like this movie, and, of course, Mel Brooks, the mastermind behind it as, like, the, the version of Yoda. Rick Moranis with the fucking helmet, the Darth Vader. All of it, all of it is just, I can't. It's a Daphne Zuniga as princess, and, and just, like, all of it is just amazing. And, um, yeah, we decided to just go. After we, yeah, 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 Just, yeah, and um, I couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> like really, really obnoxiously loud laughing at everything. Uh, the movie was funny to begin with, but I thought it was really funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it's, it's a really good memory from my childhood that, that I'll, I, it's every time I see the movie, it makes me think of the people that I was with that night and like the, the fun that we had. Hell and, yeah. and so, you know, sometimes that's the joy about movies. I agree. You know, it's just a really good memory. So space balls. Yes. Um, watch it however you wish, but, um, <laughs> but watch it, make sure you watch it. Cause it's, yeah. it's so funny. It is. It is. Number two for me is the original super troopers. Yeah. I mean, this one's so many freaking one liners guys. It's so <laughs> damn good. And I mean, the sequel also did really well. And if you guys did not know, it was a crowdfunding campaign that got these guys to come back and actually shoot the sequel. So crowd, if you are an up and coming filmmaker, crowdfunding is a great way to get your project made absolutely we saw the the sequel like yeah, yeah with the defunct movie pack. yeah we did that, i think that was like one of the first ones it was yeah and rob lowe was fucking hysterical he in it was. i mean that was a real i loved it i thought it was a really funny movie it was um my number two what you people will like it what do you mean you people what do you mean you people <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about Tropic Thunder with Robert Downey Jr. I'm the dude playing the dude, dude dressed up right. like the dude. That's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as the black. Tom Cruise as the as the producer. <laughs> like, that shit's so fucking funny. Uh, ben Stiller as the mentally challenged... Um, uh, there's so many parts about this movie that I could just go on and on and on about that make it an epic spoof of a war movie. Um, all politically incorrect. Yeah, right. All, all probably could just like get you in trouble nowadays. But at that time, just some good shit. It was. Just some really, really fun. Ben Stiller, I think, maybe at his best. Yeah. Um. So, and it just, yeah. The Great movie. Tropic Thunder. Hell like. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, number one goes to Shaun of the Dead for me. I mean, this one is hilarious. Simon Pegg came out of nowhere and just started pumping these movie, movies out like Hot Fuzz, Paul, like so many di of these different style comedies that I feel like a lot of people have tried to emulate and follow, but no one can do it like Simon Pegg. It's true. Yeah. It's true. My number one – I have a theme going. It's like Mel Brooks, um, but I'm, I'm sticking with it anyway. Young Frankenstein, mm. spoof of Frankenstein, obviously. obviously. Like, but Peter Boyle, 
Everybody loves Raymond Dad. You know, you know, Peter Boyle was the monster, and Gene Wilder as Frankenstein. Uh, I just Madeline Kahn, like the whole cast, and just Igor. <laughs> like, just I credit my daughter for this one and uh, her mom because they're the ones who really kind of turned me on to this film, uh, which I was shocked by because I was a huge Mel Brooks fan and yeah. Blazing Saddles and all the kind of stuff. But it was just one that slipped under my radar, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's like one of the best movies You're ever. Right. You got to watch. You got to watch it." And they were correct. Yes. Uh, so it is at the top of my list. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, Peter Boyle. Comic genius, yeah. Honestly, and Gene Wilder too. So if you guys haven't seen it, watch it. Watch it. Fantastic. It's so good, man. So good. What are your top five movie spoofs? We want to know. Be sure to let us know on social media and/or underneath the YouTube channel video. So yeah. it's always fun to get the fan interaction. Now going over to box office recaps. Uh, the Crudes, a new age, stayed at number one with. Three million. There you Number go. Number two was Half Brothers with four hundred and ninety thousand. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elf came in with four hundred thousand. Number four was Freaky with three hundred and fifteen thousand. And then number five was How the Grinch Stole Christmas mm. with 268000 So Bobby is officially gone. It wasn't just a fluke last week. Yeah, right? It's, it's okay, Bobby. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. You're going to be okay, buddy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, new movies that are coming out is uh, Audrey, More Than an Icon, uh, Breaking Surface, Monster Hunter, uh, fed, uh, fatal, fatal, fatal. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, another round. So be prepared in a theaters maybe near you. Uh, movies that you can still go see: War with Grandpa, The Polar Express, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, All My Life, and the original Wonder Woman is now out in theaters again. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Makes make sense. Total sense. Uh, is Audrey more than an icon? about audrey hepburn that's what i'm that thinking. would be my guess yeah right because she's an icon exactly just, just educated guess yeah uh, you know you know <laughs> uh now heading over to imdb pro top trending segment you guys know we love this app we told you earlier in the show be sure to track some of these creators right now do we because they are making a whole bunch of headway in hollywood if it's going down a lot of them have some involvement in it so be sure to track them track us i mean we've got things in the works right now and you're gonna want to stay on top of all that stuff <laughs> um you t- are the top trending movie is tenet by no surprise still with a lot of uh nolan's backlash a lot of people are still yeah. talking about it tenet's still number one yeah. and plus it's about to go to uh, dvd so stay tuned for that top trending show right now is by no surprise the mandalorian uh, I, I know. Be prepared, guys. You're going to cry at the season finale. Uh, I forgot the first season was eight episodes. So when this, when we finally got on season eight, I was like, or episode eight, I was like, fuck. So yeah, be prepared. Double OG comes back and uh, be prepared. There's a lot of good stuff in this one. Double OG. Yeah. Mm. And there's an after credit scene that not a lot of people knew about, so stay tuned for that. Mm. And uh, the top trending star is Anya Taylor-Joy, by no surprise, with Queen's Gambit right now. Huge. 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 And uh, you guys will hear more about that next week with our bonus interview. Yes. Just saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, and this is a little off topic, 
But very interesting. Everybody knows we love Bob Iger. He's one of our inspirations in the entertainment industry. Uh, rumor has it, rumor has it, Biden might <laughs> pick him as the ambassador to China. Yes, <laughs> which would make sense because his relations with China are are phenomenal. Yeah. With the whole, you know, Disney World, you know, Beijing. Um, it was huge. He spent a ton of time over there. If you read his book, Ride of a Lifetime, you can hear all about that, like whole how that went down. So this makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. The one thing I'm questioning is why is Katzenberg also in the in the <laughs> yeah. running? Like, like that Iger, I totally get. Katzenberg? What? What? what ambassador why? to what? Like, yeah. Ambassador to what? Quibby? <laughs> like, is he going to be like, oh, <laughs> down under? Like, no, that's not. No. No. Forget Katzenberg. Go Iger, man. Yes. Iger would yes. be brilliant. But that would definitely be the transition out of Disney, I feel like. It would be. That That would be, yeah. That would be it. So, we'll And see. possible launch. Remember, many, many rumors that Iger at one point considered running. Yeah. Um, Oprah wanted him to. Oprah would have, like, throwing the money at him that, that she a, said so this so. is a stepping stone it could be yeah i'm excited about yeah that. exactly awesome it would be, it would be. <laughs> we gotta thank our guests one more time for coming on the show sky p marshall for just rocking the house yes for our last episode of the year oh man it was so good perfect we, blend of humor and seriousness i agree i mean she just nailed it i agree be sure to follow her on social media she's everywhere and of course you can follow the company on social media at crazy Ant media and you guys know you can follow the podcast at itcaf podcast on all social media platforms and you guys know you can follow your host with the most myself jlo fantastic at jlo fantastic and crazy yank 1970 <laughs> <laughs> this I, guy's i'm pretty it. positive that's what it is crazy yank 1970 yes i was waiting i was like you could follow and i was waiting for the mouth or something like that and then you just like no and i'm like oh crazy yank yeah, 1970 this guy over here that guy <laughs> That guy. Uh, I haven't even had any wine yet. Like, I, I mean, what is going on? Oh, man. You guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, so much more. Well if done. You, thank you. If you have any podcast app, podcast platform that you're listening to, we're on there. So be sure to subscribe, comment, like, all that good shit. And, of course, you guys know we have a YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Appreciate it. Be sure to hit that like button on this video. Subscribe and ring that bell for all the latest and greatest notifications. I found a neat award. Yeah, she's in Memphis. She is in Memphis. So we're working on it. I swear to God, we, we couldn't tuned. we couldn't get it for the end of the year, but we will get her to ring in the new year. Twenty twenty one, man. We're gonna have a ring in the new year. We are. Oh, come on, Anita. Yeah, 2021. Stay She's in tuned. Memphis. She ain't even that far. Come exactly, on. exactly. And stay tuned for next week's Christmas dropped interview. Yes. Stay tuned for that. That's exciting. It is. It is. Very good. Two for the price of one. Exactly. Can you figure it out? Yeah, right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, honestly, my favorite thing this week was Roku and HBO Max finally figuring out the deal. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Thank you, because I wanted to watch Wonder Woman on the biggest screen that I have. Yes. Uh, so, you know, if I can't see it, so, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I've been literally paying for this for months and <laughs> watching it on my phone. Yeah. So I'm excited. Super sad. Thank you, Roku. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I had the Xbox. I was good. I was fine. I know. I know. It's you, fine. I, I know you were jealous. He's a gamer. It's okay. It's fine. It's you okay. know, I'm an old gamer back with Madden and, like, you know, sports games. 
Um, but now I can't keep up with the consoles. There's new consoles coming out, and those are like $500. I don't have that to like. No, no. We got better things to spend some money we on. really do. Like podcast equipment. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and stuff like that. We um, want to look as good as possible. No, yeah. And we are playing some serious chess, though. We are. <laughs> this guy, Queen's yeah. Gambit, one episode, yeah, he's like, is. let's play chess. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but they are good matches they so are. far. They're fun. Know? They're fun. They're fun. They're I mean, fun. they're very strategic. He's st- staring at the ceiling all the time yeah. now. Like, he's Eating walking around. Like, just yeah. fucked up all like, day. <laughs> All day, man. Chess by day, spoofs by night. Yes. It's fantastic. It's like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next year. I hope everybody has a great Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Yes. And, of course, we're bringing in the holidays with the one and only O that matters. She's great. Oprah! Oprah!